Greetings and welcome to Office Hours. If you are new here, you're in for a treat as we celebrate 1,000 episodes. That's right, 1,000 episodes since March of 2020. This community has been broadcasting live over the internet for an international conversation around tech, virtual events, and media. Now, today's gonna be a little bit different as we spend three hours, the first three hours of our show celebrating, and then the party will be in the after hours as well. You'll find that we'll have co-hosts with me. And you know what? Let me bring up one of our anchors today. Bill, welcome. Happy hey. 1000 episode. It is so cool to be here. And just being in the green room beforehand, seeing all the faces from all of these eras for the, the two years we've been doing this show has been magnificent. This is all about the people who have come and made this possible. And to celebrate them today, I'm just so looking forward to this. And so we have a number of special guests. So we'll have different segments today. And you should be aware our producers who, of course, without this show, it would not be possible. There's some special tags that you can, when you post your question, make sure you use the tag and it will correspond to one of the segments. And then we also want to hear from you, all of your comments. And we're going to bring you in the broadcast today and share your comments with the audience. Super excited about that. And then we are also, we're doing this for three hours. So you want to stay tuned. And Bill, Mukana, we want, for those people who are new here, what is Mukana? Mukana is the process we use in the back end to get our questions filtered into the show. So if you've been around for any period of time, you'll know that you can go to this and there's a link given out at the start of the show every day where you can kind of sign into the Mukana process. Once you do that and get into that system, then your questions drive the show every single day. Today's no exception. So if you're in that system already, post your questions. And you will notice also today when you do so, there's a whole series of categories because we have three hours to fill. We also have like um, the remotes will have a little section. There's a section on the first hour, what we'll be talking about here. So make sure you tag your questions into the right section to help the back end people kind of sort everything, and keep everything organized today. So go ahead, post your questions. As we get into this first panel, as we talk to some of the OGs and those and hear more of the origin stories of Office Hours. How did it begin? Where are we now? And some of the evolution. And of course, we want to start off with you, Alex Lindsay, founder, visionary. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Happy 1000 episode, Alex. Thank you. Thank you very much. Look what you started. Yeah, I know. I didn't, I, I, I don't think I, I didn't quite think of we do a thousand episodes in a row. I mean, one of the things that was funny about it is, is that I, I just felt like, well, I don't know how long this is going to last. COVID was going to last. So we should just do it every day because I'll feel bad if I did it every week and we only do six of them and then it's over, you know, or it's eight or eight of them and it's over. So we should just do it every day. And, um, and I don't want to, <laughs> I think that when I didn't, when I did the first one, when I can't remember what day the first one was on, but it wasn't like on the weekend or anything. And I did it and I was like, uh, well, maybe I'll do that tomorrow. And then, and then, and then I was like, well, I should do it through the weekend. It wasn't, there wasn't like a big plan there. Um, I don't think I, I, I tell people if you're going to do this again, I wouldn't do it a, two, two, seven days a week, but you can't stop now. So, um, yeah, so, it, but it's, and you know, the, I think that what we've seen is the incredible rate of growth. And that is because we're doing it every day. You know, we're doing it seven times faster than if we had done it every week. And we're doing it, you know, 12 times faster than if we had done it every month. 
you know, and if this was a yearly, a quarterly thing, we're doing a lot faster than that. So, and so as a result, we've evolved much faster than you would normally evolve, even though it's been a long time. Uh, the level of of change over the last two and a half years is pretty amazing. And Alex, can you take us to that, like that first when you clicked the switch and we you went live, what was going through your head? I had no idea. I barely knew how to use Zoom. So, so the thing is, that was the funny thing is, is that I was. So there was a couple. There was a, a bunch of things converging on doing office hours. Uh, one was that I, I had done a thousand event virtual events. You know, so I I had already had some experience, and the first hundred were not great. I mean, like like we you know we did okay, and I was like, oh, everyone's going to go through that, and that's going to be horrible if everybody does that, because I really believe in virtual events. I believe in digital events, and and I felt like you know, we can't have this be a failure. Like we can't have it, you know, if, it, if, if everyone's just rolling 737s across the, the, the runway, you know, all, constantly, which is what we saw with Hangouts, um, you know, this is never going to take off and people will go right back to the old ways as soon as this ends. And so I was like, we have to figure out some way to help people, you know, not not do that. And, I, and I, I've talked about this in the past, but one of the things that really was weighing on me was when I was doing Hangouts, you know, we were Google's uh, white glove team, uh, we wouldn't tell anybody anything because I had to make payroll. I had to keep all these people paid and I didn't want to tell anyone how we did what we did. It was super secret. Like we just didn't let anybody, even people in our own teams never knew all the pieces. <laughs> you know, like we kept them in their little silos and we understood how it all fit together, but no one else did. And it was, it was really, um, uh, and we pushed the outer envelope of everything that you could do there, but we wouldn't tell anyone how to do it. And everyone else was failing. <laughs> you know, and that's, that, that damaged the entire ecosystem, which damaged us. And so, so I realized that we need a growing ecosystem. We need more and more people doing this. We need as to build it out so that it becomes the normal thing. And then there's a, there's a, there's a, a place to, you know, you grow a whole forest <laughs> rather than trying to, you know, hang on to one tree. And so, so anyway, so we, um, uh, so that was on weighing on me. The other thing was, is that suddenly all these people were asking, we had Patreon and a bunch of other folks asking us to do, um, to do uh, Zoom Zoom calls, and I barely knew how to turn it on. Like I, I didn't. Zoom was not the platform I used very much, and I was like, I got to figure this out. And I need. And I think even if you look at the very first one, I go, Well, I got. I might have a Zoom with up to fifty people soon, and I got to figure out how to make sure that it works. And so I was like, the best way to do that is just do something every day, and I can start to see how Zoom works. You know, but literally, it wasn't like I was a true believer in Zoom. I was just like, people are asking for this. I better figure it out. So I was hoping to show people things that we had already learned about virtual events. I was, uh, I was hoping to learn myself how to use how to use Zoom, um, and, uh, and and put those together. And and then you know what happened after that. So that's when I started it. That was kind of the intention. Um, you know, when people started showing up, I just didn't expect the quality of the people who showed up. You know, like I thought, oh, well, we'll help people and everything else. And very quickly, it was much more interesting than I had planned. <laughs> you know, so, I, so, so suddenly there were people that were a lot smarter than me in different areas. And I started learning. I, I realized that every day I was coming, you know, I was, I was finishing up with more than I started with every, every single day. And I still feel that way. I still learn every single day after a thousand days. And I've done most of them, <laughs> more than half of them. And, uh, and I feel like I learn uh, something new every single day. And so I, so I, um, anyway, so that was the, the, that was the beginning. And then it just started going, you know, like it was just an, just an amazing group of people at the very beginning, uh, amazing group of people now. And just, it's just been this incredible, incredible ride. 
And there's a word that you use there, which we'll talk about more, but the learning that came out of this. And if memory serves me correct, Grant, were you one of the first people on on Office Hours that joined? Well, yeah, I, actually, I think my claim to fame is I was the first to register f- uh, for the uh, for the Zoom meeting. And so um, Alex had done uh, a few Ask Alex's, um, these, these little um, live streams where for he 10 was people. messing around. Like six, yeah, or, right. six or ten people, because that was me playing with Hangouts before that, doing exactly the same thing I'm doing now. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead Grant. Yeah, so those, yeah, those Hangouts, and and then you were you were playing around with um, uh, like the Makana, you know, versions and things, and messing around with 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 Q and A. Uh, and I was super interested. I mean, I'd heard of Alex through um, MacBreak Weekly and things, but I was interested in the live streaming element, and uh, and so I didn't want to miss when he would do these because he'd just go on Twitter and say, okay, I'm doing another one now. And, you know, you get no warning. And so I hunted around on Twitter and found a way to push notification, you know, f- just for Alex. <laughs> it was like a true fanboy that I would actually get a notification. And so that's what happened when, when this, you know, sitting around at the start of COVID and he said, let's try this thing. And so I went straight on registered and I was first to register. Um, and I think I did probably a hundred days straight or something, um, with, uh, with everyone. And, um, which is a little tricky in Australia. Of course, there wasn't much else going on, but, um, in that time, but, um, at, you know, it's 2am now, uh, and it gets trickier and trickier, uh, at this time of the year, but, um, but it was, a, it, it was just an amazing time. And so the, the journey that we've gone on, um, yeah, is spectacular. Yeah. And you reinforce the international, the global side of this. And Leo Mendo, way over there across the pond, how did you get involved and hear about Office Hours? And where has it taken you? Uh, interesting question. Thank you. Um, so I was uh, involved in, or I'm still involved in, a lot of uh, streaming for uh, synagogues and churches. And I was on a show um, uh, to do with one of the camera operators. And in there, um, I was... Uh, a Mitchells is the driving force for me. And he contacted me and said, you've got to join this thing called office hours and you've got to go and see this thing that's happening. And I looked it up and I found it and, uh, I was just hooked and it would have been about three or four months into the office hours. So I missed the beginning and it was just exactly what I needed, uh, to answer uh, a million questions, some of which aren't the greatest questions in the world, but uh, they were all answered and it's been a, a real ride and it's a great opportunity to get questions answered. And George, I'll toss that to you to get your your input, because I remember when I joined and just seeing your your background change and I was like, wait, what are those lights? And I remember you were probably one of the first people I got a chance to speak with to just get some insights. I'm like, oh, I love that look. So if you can share more about your experience as one of the OGs. Um, obviously, um, a lot of us follow Alex on Twitter and you know, once I ordered office hours, I came on. I think I'm I'm not going to try to go too long, but I've been thinking about it a lot. And what has office hours given me personally is critical thinking and processes, right? Because I I would never think that I would have a ATM constellation to me in my office right now. And I was like, you know, why am I going to get this? But I'm actually using it, and I'm using those inputs. Like right now, I'm looking at my multi view or my 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 um prompter and I have four feeds inside of it and you know that's all in uh, about guy guy thinking how he, can he get all of these 
you know, images up in his, his um, teleprompter and it's just giving me critical thinking and just the ability to really expand myself outside of um, office hours and, you know, think critically about how to do my job, routing. So um, it's a whole lot. I mean, I, I could go on and on, but um, it's for me, processes, as artists like to say, is give me critical thinking about doing my job and putting together things that I would never th- thought of before. And Richard? Yeah, I, I suppose quite like quite a lot of this I heard about it um, from MacBreak Weekly uh, when Alex kind of uh, started mentioning it there. Um, I think at the beginning there was it was a different time zone, which um, uh, and apologies for all of our Australian cousins because now this is their time zone. But at the beginning in the UK it was like on one a.m. three a.m. and it was just a little bit too early for me at that stage. Um, but when it's shifted time zone, then that's when I kind of started coming in and starting watching and you know watched for a wee while, then came onto the panel and tried answer some questions in my field and you know you know was a bit out of my depth in other areas and you know just kind of did try and get involved and it was just it was a really interesting kind of just you know everything was closed but yet this this kind of pocket of activity and energy just popped into the world and it was was really exciting i remember in the early days having to um uh, illegally Uh, screen record some of the Saturday sessions because they were too long uh, um, because my, my, my family would want me to you know mow the lawn or do something so I just you know had to set up a wire cast in the, in the living room screen scripting a TV uh, and uh, to, to capture things so I could watch back the, the final cut episodes or watch back something really interesting just to, to try and capture things or um, a lot of my early days in, in officers was just writing down every term or every piece of product I, I'd never heard of and just write it on a big list and then after office office hours ended, they would just go off and start googling, start working out how can how can I use this? Where does it come in into my world? Will will I need to to, to use it in in production? Can I afford it? Which is a always a big office hours question. Uh, and it was just it was a really lovely uh, thing to have at this at this time where everything was so you know uh, closed and this huge new world just started to open up. It was really exciting. And Nick, it's always wonderful to see you coming in from your virtual set. Share some of your experience with us. Well, thanks for uh, inviting me back. And I'll, so I'll just share that I think it was 2003, 2004 when I first met Alex. So for me, that's when office hours began. And uh, I was just breaking into uh, the visual effects industry and feature films. And I met Alex and was wanted to learn from him because I knew he had worked at ILM. And what he really wanted to talk about was the fact that in the future, the internet's going to be fast. People will have fiber optics going to their home. And this whole physical production approach is going to be transformed. And then it happened exactly as he described. <laughs> and so basically ever since, so, so now it's, it's wow, 20 years at this point. Yikes, that's scary. Um, you know, I've, always stayed in touch with Alex. He's reached out to me. We've, I've learned a ton from him. I've, uh, you know, we've collaborated occasionally. Uh, but when COVID hit in, in March, one of the things that I did was reach out to Alex and say, Hey, thank you. Because everything that we've done over these last, however many years have prepared me for this. Like I, I had, a, I had an ATEM mini on my desk at that point and was setting up to, to teach my university classes online and I could make that pivot instantly because of everything that Alex really had talked about in the years leading up to that. And his reply was, oh, well, if you thought that was good, you should join this because now we're talking about what's next. And it was, you know, the the link to office hours. And so um, it 
never ceases to deliver. Um, you know, Alex's approach of uh, going far together is ridiculously valuable. And I came into this knowing little to nothing about streaming technologies, about, you know, vi you know web video, audio, and it's entirely been office hours that has fed my needs there. And I love being a part of the community, being able to give back. So my area focuses 3D and it's uh, a lot of fun to come in and get to share about that. So there you go. There's my experience with office hours in a nutshell. And Phil. Hey there. Hi. Well, listen, I just really appreciate being asked to come and see you guys again. I would, I really missed everybody here and I was reading the uh, the chats here and Stefan Fisher wrote in there a little piece of history. And I laugh because that's what my wife calls me, a little piece of history. We have a little age difference between us. So um, but but when I was telling her we I was coming to see you guys again, she was like, wow, is that going to be a little uh, COVID PTSD for you to, you know, everything that that happened in COVID is just, you know, something that she wants to put behind her. And I was like, you know, this is like the one thing that came out of COVID that is a positive. And I really feel like, um, you know, a lot of credit to you, Alex, but, uh, you know, it's it, it is a, a community more than anything i feel like and uh and i appreciate that and he had the vision to see that and and uh has really uh you know enhanced that value uh, for me and and things i do as well so i i just think the community's awesome so to everybody here thanks let's go to nigel next yeah so i joined a little later i think i also heard about this from macbrake weekly and uh, i knew nothing that would some might argue i still know relatively nothing compared to most of the people on this uh, panel today but what struck me very early on was the generosity of the team. The fact that mostly we're used to people in the business world and in the media world guarding their secrets very carefully because somehow to share them would disadvantage them. And what I found at Office Hours was actually the exact opposite of that, that this was a community that was trying to build itself, was trying to help and support people. And I was always amazed in the early days and now I really respect the amount of time and energy people whether it was Mickey or somebody else would spend helping someone get something small right because they needed it to make it work for them and I, and I don't know I've ever seen a community like this ever operate that way I guess my other observation and maybe what my wife would tell you is I've got a whole bunch of new friends they're just very expensive some of these friends and I think all of us would say that there are a number of uh, organizations and companies that should really be sending money to this community more regularly because uh, I think we've done well by them. And Courtney. Yeah, I think um, I followed uh, Alex from the early days of Tech TV and uh, ZDTV before that when he was on Leo. And I think I first met him face to face, followed him on MacBreak Weekly. I actually, actually used to watch MacBreak Weekly from my cart on the set. And uh, one day uh, he showed up on the set of Dexter because he came to visit. And Leo came to visit one day too. And uh, that's the first time I met him back probably in 2012. And so following along uh, with MacBreak Weekly as a regular viewer there, then I heard him talk about the office hours thing as the uh, 
COVID was starting. And I didn't come in originally from the very first. I'm not sure how, I wasn't sure how long it was running before I was able to join, but uh, it's been uh, a ride ever since. I'm, and you know me, I'm never afraid to share my opinion on anything. So this is a perfect venue for a retired guy like me since I've retired. <laughs> and George, you have something else to add? Yeah. Um, there's no one person or factor that's given a lot to, to, to um, office hours, but I like to call it the Mickey factor because he's been there from the beginning and our audio sound is good because in account to him and a few others, but mostly Mickey. And up to this date, you could still find, I could find him at 3am in the morning on office hours in the background. You don't see him, but he's kind of always there lurking. So the Mickey factor. Yeah, his presence is always felt. Alex. You know, I think one of the things I was thinking about is really um, a couple of things that, that I find really interesting is that I don't think this could have happened without COVID. Now, I don't want to belittle COVID. I mean, I think COVID was a horrible thing, but I think that the, the, the fact that we had so much time, you know, and we weren't going anywhere, I couldn't create this. I kept on wanting to recreate Pixel Core over and over and over again, but I was flying somewhere all the time. And I was traveling 250 days a year. I was just, you know, and I never had time to like spend the time. I was like, I don't want to really start this unless it's really going to go somewhere. And I, uh, and so, so it was really, I think COVID and the fact that we all had that time to fuse that core, you know, together is really a thing that made the difference. The other thing that I, that I really, you know, there's a joke usually that (laughs) when people talk about meetings, there's a, there's actually my favorite uh, posters are these, they're called, um, uh, I can't, they're, they're, they're depressing posters. Like, I just think they're funny, but one of them says meetings and it says, because all of us, um, you know, um, because all of us are, are none of us are as dumb as all of us, <laughs> you know, like, like it, it is like, it is like, cause you always feel like you're in meetings and it goes the wrong way. Like, and you're just wasting your time. And this is the exact opposite of that. You know, that all of us are smarter than any one of us. And when you watch, a panel, like everyone, I, I talked to people who'd want to come on the panel and they're like, well, I don't know all the things that you guys know. I said, none of us know all the things that we know, that we know. Right. We all know what we, what I, I know what I know, you know what you know, but we know so much, you know, and, and the, the fact that we figured out a way to do a panel with 12 or 16 people meant that we have all these people here and, and none of them know as much as all of us know. And when, as Nigel said, we're willing to share that when people aren't holding on to something and they're willing to just talk about what they know it makes all of us look smarter than we actually make, make me look smarter than I actually am. Um, and, and it's, so it is, uh, it's an incredible thing that we figured out because most meetings aren't that way. <laughs> most meetings are not, don't generate more knowledge. Um, they usually feel they're a little draining at times. And so, um, so I think that it's just an incredible thing that that's been created. And I will say that, that I think it's as much who showed up. It's not just, you know, it's not me. I just put a, you know, shingle out and said, we're going to do this thing. It could have turned badly a bunch of different times, you know, and, and, or it could have just been me sitting there giving people advice. And the fact that we had people, other people that came and were willing to contribute what they knew as well as, as me is what made it so interesting um, for me as well. I don't think I would have kept, kept on doing it if we didn't have so many incredible people show up and be part of that conversation and, and lead the parts that they, they knew more than, you know, and, and added to what, what, what I was bringing. Thank you all for sharing that. And now we have a special message from Jason Isaacs and Justine Zarek. A thousand hours. A thousand hours. Think of all the things you could have done that were useful. But instead, you made office hours, which is remarkable. So congratulations to everybody there, to Alex, to Kami, and um, 
It's very, very impressive. And I say that not just because it's true, but because this man is holding my children hostage. Well done, you guys. Hello, Office Hours. It's Justine, and I am so impressed that you guys have made it a thousand consecutive shows. I I'm honestly speechless. Like, that is so incredibly impressive. It's such a fun show. Just seeing the incredible community that you all have built and brought so many like-minded, creative people in the industry together is really, really special. I had a lot of fun on a few of the episodes that I was able to join, and I guess here's to the next thousand. Thank you so much, Jason and Justine. And Bill, let's hear. I'm sure the chat is on fire. What are some of the comments from our producers? A lot of people are popping in just with congratulations. Richard Bowman says, congratulations, everyone. You are truly inspiring. Eric Price, congratulations, everyone, on hitting the big 1000. It's been an incredible ride, and I look forward to the 2K show. That's kind of scary. Uh, Bob Sturdivant says, I'm thankful for MacBreak Weekly, where I first saw Alex and, of course, found office hours from there. Of course, after listening to Alex and really liking how he presented his ideas and wisdom. And Jason Bache is in with day one. Uh, the, I was the first in the Zoom room and Alex and I were both surprised it connected so quickly. So we're working on tech problems even from the very beginning. Awesome. Well, Bill, let's get into some of these questions. All right, let's move on to the next thing we've got here. Were uh, any This comes from Talak Lopez-Waterman in Norfolk, Virginia. Hi. Were any of the original folks skeptical of this idea from week one? Grant. Uh, you know, I, I guess from day one, um, I might have been a little skeptical. I was thinking, oh, I wonder how this is going to work. Uh, but I think the thing is that the genius of, of this all is really what Alex said before about sharing information. He was saying that he before there was a process of not sharing information and then uh, kind of approach this in just sharing. And the people that were around and still are today are people that have curiosity and and we're just actually really interested in lots of different things and wanting to share that and so from that day one i was like this is going to work as long as we turn it on it's going to work and it has richard yeah i think i was uh, i'm and still am i suppose constantly aghast at the fact that alex wanted to do a daily show and that it still managed to still be going uh, and that everyone turns up and asks questions and gives their time and works in the back end and you know it's just it's an absolutely amazing and phenomenal feat to to start something as a daily show and it's still going it's amazing no days off every single day for a thousand episodes george i'm not sure so much skeptical um a lot of us have already been experimental with communities but to see COVID forced us to go in a different direction, but to see how fast this grew and kept on going. So a little bit skeptical about would it last? Not really, because folks have already been doing it, but to see where it went to in such a quick period, you know, it's amazing. And Brian? So I was just looking at my calendar and um, March 27th, 2020, I have a Zoom meeting with Alex Lindsay, where I believe Alex Lindsay discussed with me this crazy idea that he had just started. Um, and I do remember that the, um, the one thing that seemed absolutely insane was, and we're going to do it every day. Uh, you know, just seven days a week, absolutely no breaks. We're going to do it every day. And I'd love to have you be a part of it. Now, this is not the first time that 
Alex Lindsay has approached me with an idea that I thought was a crazy idea. Um, some of those thousand events that Alex did before office hours, I was there for and participated in. And some of them, when he was presenting them to me, were pretty crazy ideas. And yet somehow they actually managed to happen. So on the one hand, I thought it was a crazy idea to do it every day. On the other hand, I was still pretty confident that it was actually going to happen because Alex does have a tendency to uh, follow through on whatever it is that he, he decides to follow through on. And then the community that then got built from the beginning, and that's the, you know, creating a culture and creating a community of people that uh, are their, their number one priority is to, to share information and share knowledge and, you know, the number of I, Alex originally asked me to, to participate because I, I've done audio for a bunch of his events and he knows that that's something I have some expertise at. But what I wasn't prepared for was that I learned how to do three point lighting and I learned what, you know, focal length on lenses was and, 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 and how to do prime lenses and do, and, you know, and, and resolutions and all these other things that I would never have learned otherwise. And that's the, that's always been the beauty of it is that you come with an expertise in one area and you leave with knowledge and expertise in a whole bunch of different areas. So it's uh, it's been an amazing community to see develop. You said a mouthful there, Brian. Crazy culture, community, curiosity, so much there. And and Jeffrey, what would you like to add? Hi, uh, longtime viewer, first time panelist. Uh, I have, uh, <laughs> I you know, I I've, I share the same sentiments as as my other panelists here. Is that uh, you know you start and you think to yourself, how can this be sustained for three hundred sixty five or three hundred sixty six days, depending on the year. And then you kind of see how it does. And then the extra stuff that happens to it, like, for instance, when After Hours started, uh, then you knew that there was a, there was an extra community, that there was another place to go uh, there. And then you thought, well, okay, the pandemic is technically over. We're going back to work. How is this going to survive the post, uh, that post era and uh, and you think and you see it and it still goes and still goes it's it's determination and then of course it's also evolution because this is not a zoom this is technically not a zoom call anymore this has evolved into a show that you know when the next pandemic happens we're going to be so ready to be part of that and uh, and I think I hope we can get to 2000 or beyond easily Nick? So uh, to answer the question directly, no, I was never, ever skeptical of this. Um, one is that, you know, the original idea and challenge was setting out to do something that had truly not been done before. And so there's almost no way to fail. If no one's ever done it before, uh, even if it doesn't continue, anyone participating is going to learn from the experience. That's number one. But really, number two is that Alex Lindsay is an absolute master chef when it comes to creating stone soup. So if you don't know what stone soup is, uh, it's a fable about uh, someone asks a town for food and no one gives him any food. So he just puts a stone in a pot and 
people curious about what's going on over here, you know, he said, well, taste it. You know, you could, you could try it out. I'm making stone soup. Everyone in the town starts to contribute something to that soup. And of course it becomes a wonderful stew. Um, Alex has done this over and over and over again. And he also seems to be incredibly in tune with the direction of media and communications in general. So there was really never a doubt that this was going to be something successful. So I'm really just fortunate to be part of it. And Alex. I think I wasn't sure if it was going to last. <laughs> like it was like, you know, one of those things that I can't, I, I think that every week I kind of felt like uh, from Princess Bride, you know, good work, Wesley, I'm going to kill you tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like this, this may all end tomorrow. And so I'm going to enjoy every single day of, uh, of how this works. Um, I, uh, the, the reason we did it every day is because I didn't know how long it would last. Like, I just didn't know if it was sustainable. I didn't know if I could continue to do it. I didn't know if my job would take me because I was technically hired to do on-site management of live events, you know, for, for what I was doing. And so as soon as COVID ended, I, this wouldn't be possible anymore. And so, so if, if it lasted, but I was like, if I can just go for three months, maybe we can, you know, build a community. If I just go for another, you know, and every, every, you know, if I can just get another three months down the path. And, and what was interesting was, is that I, uh, is that as it grew and as more and more people contributed, and then people said, Hey, why didn't someone else answer, ask the questions? <laughs> you know, I think that was, was that Grant? I don't remember who it was. So it was, it was like, how about we have somebody else ask the questions? Because it seems like you're doing a lot of things over there. And that was like the first step of delegation. You know, like, why didn't someone else say, why don't we have a couple other people host when you're not available? So like Phil jumped in and and Chris and and, and Bill. And, and we just started having, it started to kind of like, why doesn't someone else take something away to the point now where we have a lot of shows that people ask me, like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Someone's, someone's got to figure it out. Um, and that is an amazing thing. And I think that there was a point where I, you know, I, I know that we could never do this again. Like I just, so I think that part of what drives me um, now is that I just know that this is something really special and something that can't be reproduced again. Like if it dissipated, it wouldn't come back. You know, like no one else is going to, no one else is going to build this. And, and COVID needed to be, was part of the the mix of that, of that, of all that time. So that keeps me going. Um, and I, and I will admit that even after a thousand shows, I was thinking about it this morning as I was getting ready is even after a thousand shows out of the thousand, there's probably been two or three shows where I was like, oh, this is hard. You know, like literally two or three shows out of a thousand. I mean, I remember every other that show. <laughs> remember that was a little edgy on that show i had pulled there was <laughs> one of those shows was i had slept for like two hours and i had gone through a highly stressful delivery that you know just i had to deliver a, a piece and i had finished it at like 4 a.m and and then had to get up you know get get there at six to start this thing and i was like i don't know if i could do this and i was a little edgy <laughs> i had to apologize later um but uh but i think that um yeah it's just I've never had anything in my life that is so effortless, you know, like this, you know, being with everybody here to me is completely an, you know, an effortless expression. Next question. Next one comes to us from Kirsten Osterkamp in Germany. Hi, Kirsten. Uh, which of the factors that brought you here in the beginning is still a driving force to be part of office hours today? Let's start with Richard. I think uh, for me, the, the two main factors that were learning and community. So I came to to learn some new skills, to to understand what I could do better, to to um, understand where I could go, and that has never ever stopped. You know, from from the very first days, um, learning or hearing the words ATEM for the first time, uh, to to then trying to work out how to work an ATEM, then trying to work out how to work an ATEM to ME, and and then 
going up. So as as the as the learning increased, just the capacity to learn more increased along with it. And then that's kind of my office hours kind of story is you just start with some little thing and, you know, then build and build and build. And along that journey, we also built a community and it's been really exciting. The the people I've got to work with a lot more through remote production, through the Belfast method stuff, through all these different things, I've got to meet a huge range of new people. And that's been really exciting uh, all the way, the whole, whole time. It all goes up from here. Leo? Yeah, so I already mentioned how I ended up coming to the show. Um, but what has kept me coming and what keeps me coming, particularly for me, it's uh, uh, after hours, is that ability to pass on and both get the knowledge and pass on the knowledge. So it's like that, that the thing, it, it, the brain trust, and it's already been mentioned here, is phenomenal. And it doesn't just men, mean about production, because some of this stuff is about production and it but it's also how you deliver things and you just learn so quickly and you can actually teach so quickly certain items and you just get that involvement. And that's really why I keep coming back and back and back to the show. Grant? Yeah, I, I think I, I know we're saying a lot about Alex who might be getting a, a big head, head, but uh, I think that um, uh, one of the things that I was so interested in uh, about Alex is the type of events that he's working on, arguably the biggest live streaming, you know, like in-person events, all of that. Um, and so I just wanted to learn from that. And the thing about Alex is he has a commitment to excellence and he surrounds himself with people with a commitment to excellence. And so one of the first uh, second hours uh, that we had was with Nate um, TD that works with Alex all the time. And I was like glued to that, you know, so I, I couldn't wait to just learn. And then another one of those second hours was Brian. Um, I remember sitting on a stool with a 58 and uh, we were at the, the challenge for us was what is the question? What's the key question that's going to, you know, bring the gold out about, about that excellence in practice? Um, and, that, and, that, and that continues now. And so people like Andy that have come along um, excellent in this whole other field in theater and all of that that's come along and, and all this software development you know there's so many other areas that people have come in that i think there's uh, a commitment to excellence that we all have and that's what's been magnetic speaking of andy so what i think my first episode of office hours was december 2nd 2020 i think it was a focus on lenses and i showed up that day not because i have a particular interest in lenses but because i woke up in the morning and saw a flurry of download emails for our software referencing this office hours thing so you can imagine my curiosity as i'm trying to google office hours and getting no helpful results of course uh, eventually i stumble across a blog post by guy and i follow the breadcrumbs and, and make my way into the back end um which was you know, super interesting just to see that there was this group of people who were coming together and moving as a group, trying to learn different things and figure different things out. So that's what brought me here. What kept me was the thought leadership and the impact to the industry. So our relationship has definitely grown and changed over the course of the past couple of years. But what's been consistent is the fact that Office Hours has um, every single day a place to go and uh, have several opinions, diverse opinions from around the world, focusing on analyzing a specific subject. And that is so incredibly impactful to the industry. And I can tell you both from the inside and from the outside that this group really does make an impact on the world around it. We've talked so much today about, you know, what it's done as for the community itself. But let's not forget about the wider impact of the industry that Office Hours has been able to offer. And so I'm very appreciative of that. Uh, it's what keeps me around. And Nick? 
I don't recall voting on this one. <laughs> Sorry, but <laughs> absolutely. I, I mean, what really yeah, brought me in was the the focus on streaming. And uh, it was interesting that Office Hours also very early on turned toward, leaned into education in general. It, it was not long before it was not just about media streaming and production, but it was it had a very focused track on educators in general. And, and I thought that was tremendously valuable. And, and that's something that's uh, always been interesting to me. And um, again, it, it's always been a fun place to be able to share what's going on on the 3D side of things as, as that becomes more and more part of mainstream media production. Go ahead, George. So I think for me personally is being around all of these folks that can help our industry grow. And if you look at Zoom of itself, we've definitely helped that to grow. Whether you want to believe it or not, we have helped those ATM minis to now have SDI outputs in them and inputs. Um, I, for me, I look at myself now and I have this massive setup at home and I'm like, well, this is not just not geared to office hours, but now I'm able to sit here and train myself. I have a full setup that I could build out and show in my office and then go out and, and really perform on the job I have to do. I build out a show faster when I get on site. So, you know, I've expanded. It's allowed me to really use the tools that we have in office hours and take with me on the road. And Jeffrey. Well, there was a door and I just walked through it and they wouldn't kick me out. So that's that's how I came in here. Uh, I started, uh, I built in a new studio when, when the pandemic started and, uh, and I started realizing that, you know, if I had to be here for a while, that I need to learn some new stuff and what better way to do it than a whole bunch of people that already know how to, how to do that type of stuff and get that community sense going. And since then, it, it's grown, you know. I'm I'm up in this studio. This is my production studio. I have my main studio downstairs, uh, where I do my shows from. And uh, and of course, I, up here I can do I can edit my stuff. I can edit other people's stuff. And I didn't expect to do that two years, three years ago. And now here I am. Next question. Next one comes to us from uh, Vienna Tran in Adelaide, Australia. What is the one piece of advice that an Office Hours member gave you that made the biggest difference for you or your practice? Let's start with Leo. So I'm not going to, I'm going to do exactly what you're told not to do, which is not answer the question directly, but I'm going to say the one piece of advice that I listened to and I just was blown away was I was listening to Carl and Carl was talking about audio devices and it was just absolutely amazing. I'm just sitting there listening to this guy who I'd never, ever met off in another, the other side of the universe. And he's just talking about this stuff and I just, everything clicked, how he explained it, how he did it and what he actually explained was just amazing. It was just absolutely amazing to be able to listen to this. Grant? Uh, yeah, uh, it's all of uh, lot, lots of Alex's stories um, and, and the little quotes that I, I think of all the time. So one of those is that we we uh, we plan for rainy days. So then I think of the Vegas story that um, Alex has told seven or eight times. Uh, but but of course the the biggest one, the biggest change um, for me in uh, information was when Blue Melnick came on for a second hour and spoke about doing a um, a Zoom call with 1200 people which meant that it was more than one zoom meeting and um it blew our minds and uh and i connected with blue and now the rest is history and we we run a business together so um that that's kind of life-changing for me 
Go ahead, Nigel. So I think the two things, the buy once, cry once idea for doing this stuff, I think was a big thing for many of us that we were trying to work out how to buy one smaller than we needed and the idea we should buy one bigger than we needed because we were going to need it. Uh, A-Terms are a good example of that. The other thing is that first time I came in with uh, a fancy camera, which I had no idea what doing, I was doing with, Alex very kindly uh, showed me how to color grade and then said to me, do it every day, do it every day, and I do it every day. Go ahead, Jeffrey. My biggest uh, piece of advice, it, get on the panel, get here, get in here, get to talk to people, and then you're going to find your new friends. And, uh, you know, I found my new friends with the remotes. I found my new friends with the uh, with OH Space. Uh, I found my new friends with this panel right here, all these people. Uh, we, we've, uh, we might not have met in person, but uh, I know that if I go to New York, that there's a couple people there that I can uh, connect up with. If I go to the uh, to London, there's uh, there's a couple people that I can connect up with there. So get in and be a part of the group because it is going to be your gold. And Alex, what I think is great is that there isn't for me there isn't one thing. <laughs> like it is something every single day. It is something that it is this exploration that we all do that is is made possible by a, a team behind the scenes running this crazy system that we've built. It is made possible by incredible folks asking the questions that drive, you know, take us places that we would have never thought we would go. And it is incredible panelists that are answering all those questions. And there's not any one piece of advice, but it's like, I'm, I'm constantly like grabbing onto, like, just look at these links that constantly get pushed into my Chrome, my Chrome browser because I'm like, oh, I gotta do more of that. I gotta check that out. I gotta check that out. And it's usually two or three a day. You know that I'm that I'm like oh I got to do some more research on that. Um, it's just an incredible thing that 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 you're, I'm I feel like I'm just constantly absorbing stuff from everyone around us. And Carl, I think the one piece of advice that kind of led to other pieces of advice was Alex saying, "If you think you can answer these questions, come on the panel," and that led to me coming on the panel and taking over a second hour <laughs> accidentally. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, uh, the other things that like I've learned is. I have a background in media. I studied filmmaking. I do photography. So a lot of these things I'm brushing up on the what's modernly what's being done with these techniques, you know, in the modern age, rather than when I learned them like ten years ago, because um, I stepped away from media for a while and I've come back again. But um, so I'm learning a lot about the streaming side of things. But the thing that actually I, I didn't know much about outside of home networking was networking, you know, IP networking, um, and that's actually something I've learned probably over the last two years. I've been involved. I came in about six months late compared to some of these other guys. But I was, I was doing more of a lean back watching this. I heard through Mac break and I was doing a lean back watching it on YouTube. And then Alex did this call to action. I said, yeah, I think it's about time I should get on. I, you know, I do have a background in this. I do have knowledge in this and I, and I am getting back into the media world again. And so I came on and I, I gave my advice, made my little slides. Um, but also in after hours, I'm going on doing a little bit longer talks as, you know, as, as people have said in the past that, um, my ability to maybe explain things. Um, slowly, clearly, or maybe I speak too fast sometimes, um, but that has helped me too to one explain um, complex ideas to people who can understand complex ideas. But I've got to do it in a certain order, and then they catch on. That they can most people can actually understand quite complex things, but you do it. There's an order of operation to teach them, um, and so that rather than going from the most complex to the easiest, which sometimes I'll do, I'll say like I found out this last week, which is something complex, but I've got to start right at the beginning. Um, the other things I've kind of like things that I've I've learned is um, other people's opinions 
um, you know, in, in the religion that we talk about in the media, as far as how we, how we approach things like in audio, that kind of stuff. Um, it's really important for me to understand that there's more than one way, you know, to skin a cat. Um, and that, that's actually helped me in not having to MacGyver everything and understanding that there is actually just a very simple way of doing something rather than trying to MacGyver something when you don't have to, you can just shift back to basics, do first principles and like just unplug all the stuff you have in there and just have like a computer going to a screen that may be the easiest solution that'll work. Um, but yeah, so I've learned quite a lot from the panel and a lot from after hours as well, um, about things that I kind of knew about a long time ago and haven't touched on since. Um, but it's massive, very fast refresher course every every morning um generally if, if i'm asleep when office hours is on i'll watch up i'll wake up in the morning eat breakfast and watch uh youtube so i'm watching it pretty much on a six hour delay essentially but yeah so my time in the last two years on office hours mm -hmm. i have learned volumes of stuff about stuff that i've been on the periphery of mm -hmm. um but more importantly i've learned how to speak to people um rather than trying to explain everything to people sometimes i just tell them how i use it and then they kind of get it rather than me just trying to teach them Thank you so much, Carl. And next, we're going to bring John Preto to tell you're going to you have some stats and some data to show behind all of this impact. John, thank you, Liberty. I, I'm not sure. Alex, did you get my email? Is it OK to? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sh show the keynote. Yeah, absolutely. OK, so um, I was part of a video community video, uh, you know, sharing live community back 2014, 2015 called Blab. And that's where a lot of us met Tony. I met Tony Mobley there, Leland. There was a bunch of us that came from that community that we brought over to office hours. And uh, I did statistics there at Blab as well. And then early on, um, starting in about May, April, June, I thought this is this could really be something and we should gather stats. And so uh, I treat office hours as a business. So, so every day for me, it's going to work and getting up uh, to the dismay of my wife sitting in the other room over there and yelling at me. Um, I, I compile statistics. Uh, I take attendance of the panelists and I keep the numbers. But I've got some interesting facts to share with you guys. So I'm going to share my screen here on Excel. And by yeah. the way, I love that somebody did this. <laughs> like I just, I would, I'm not the kind of person that does that. I'm always like, I just do my thing and I, and I don't pay attention to any of these. And the fact that John early on started grabbing this is just, I think just unbelievable. It's fascinating. So, so I know this is really hard to see guys. I'll walk through some of the interesting stuff on here, but this is uh top left. This is host. Everybody that's been a host, how many times they've hosted and their average talk time. That's a company secret. I don't share how I know these facts. <laughs> the top 10 shows, which I thought was re really interesting. Andy Carluccio's show was the number one viewed show that we've done. And then Leo's, both of his appearances were the next two. And then Amber MacArthur, uh, WWDC rehearsal, Office Hours 2.0 launch, BMD 12K announcement, Apple event for April 21. Uh, the sound guy, Jimmy Siecka, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Alex. Um, and then uh, keynote presentation. I I don't remember who did. I think you did that one, Alex. Uh, and then an interesting, you know, kind of thing that Alex wanted to know. I'm going to zoom in on this one because I thought that this was interesting. A lot of people wanted to know. Here is the attendance from 12-19-21 to today. I updated this specifically for today. Uh, in 10th place, Sky Gleason, 122 appearances. This is for the past year. Then Tom Ferguson, 130. Jeffrey Powers, 133. Nigel, 
at 140, Guy Cochran, 153, Courtney, 208, Bill Davis, 233, Mitch Hill, 329, Alex Lindsay, 337, and somebody, uh, I don't know who's the number one. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so some some really interesting, the one thing, Alex, uh, and, and you nailed this on the head, if you look at the host talk time, Alex launched Panel View, and it took me about uh, 30 days to get used to it. I did not like it at first. And Alex said it tightened the show up. And you see in the middle of host talk time or as a percentage of the first hour, you see this dip in the middle, which means that the host talk time decreased significantly when we added uh, Panel View uh, to, to the mix in the show. And it tightened the show up tremendously i i thought it, that that was an interesting stat i got a ton of ton of other ones uh milestones that we've that we've hit but the overall cumulative stats the mean host talk time first hour 20 minutes live days in a row 1000 mean daily panelists is is 10 and change that's a 30 that's a, the entire mean across uh 1000 shows mean daily attendees 100 mean daily youtube viewers live not recorded it's about a it's about a 13 to one on on demand versus live recording on YouTube, which is interesting. And the mean host talk time across all the episodes is is 30%. So, and, so that's the, those stats. And one of the things that I think is interesting is that, you know, of course, the other thing that happened with, you know, concurrence is that when it went on YouTube, you know, a lot of people started time shifting has been spoken here. So we did, you know, just as a little, because we're in the thousandth episode, I can tell you things now. <laughs> so so now that it's all water under the bridge, I knew that if we allowed it to be time shifted at the beginning, we wouldn't generate critical mass. So I knew that we needed to do, we needed to say, we're not recording it or we're not going to make it easy. You can record it on your own as Richard did. I won't hold you any. So, so anyway, uh, but, but um, that, that uh, I, I knew that if people started time shifting at all, the, the the power of office hours is that we come together, that we are here live at the same time, and that we're all thinking about that, that the producers are asking questions and we're as the panelists, we're answering those questions. And those are and there's a power to that. The show doesn't exist without that. You know, and so the thing that I that I I realize is that I I can't I can't record I can't put them out and let people time shift it until we get to a certain size and so as we started hitting you know 250 300 I felt like we were now at a place where we could survive and we definitely saw a huge drop in the number of people watching concurrently because everyone was showing up in the middle of the night for themselves and um, frustrated with me but it was I felt like it was a necessary piece of the puzzle at the time um to to make sure that we got to a point where we were going to survive that process enough people were showing up and we did. And, and I think that, and, but I think that the, it does skew those numbers a little bit because the concurrent goes down because there's not as, you know, because people can, a lot of people, you know, you know, as you said, I think it's, when you say John 13 times, the number of people that are in that concurrent are watching it. And we make almost no attempt to promote this, <laughs> this, this show. We, the reason I did that is because I wanted us to have time to mature as a, as a show. And um, so we really, when we're getting, you know, we wanted to kind of learn all these things and get it all running and really YouTube has been, I've seen it as a, uh, an archive for our members. Like it's just, it's just, it literally is there as a service to the people who are here to, um, to just simply have a place to go to, if you weren't able to make it. I've got one more thing to share, Alex. Yeah. yeah. I, I was able to get the API to Dolly to work. So I, I fed in some panelists into Dolly 
and out came some doppelgangers that I wanted to share with everybody. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Here we go. Here's number one. That's what popped out of Dolly. <laughs> Jason Bache. There you go. There we go. Ooh. <laughs> TJ Asher, he's wearing his hat. He's got, <laughs> he's got TJ, the TJ bought this hat. I, he bought it on Amazon. <laughs> Chris Ritchie. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Guy Cochran. Look at that. That's pretty close, right? Yep. Yep. Todd Reynolds. I got approval from all these people. So I didn't, <laughs> there, I, I have more, but I didn't get approval on all That's of good. them. Chris Fenwick, Dennis the Menace. That's perfect. <laughs> Nigel Hill, look, I ran, I, you know, I, I couldn't find one for Nigel and I ran this through this one of these things on, on the web and this is what came out. <laughs> and then somebody said Chris Pine. So I did, I ran it again. John Wallace. That's good. There's Bill, Bill Davis. <laughs> JJ, JJ approved of this one. <laughs> <laughs> Jengis Conrad and Greg, and Greg Curta. And that's a cut for my portion today. Thank you. Thank you guys. Congrats to the, to everybody for a thousand episodes. Thank you so much, John. And you know, if things don't work out, everyone has a, an alternate job that they can go to, <laughs> but for now we're going to take a look back at the early days of office hours. Check. Good, good check. Yeah, Tucker, you, you're coming in. We need to add cosines to when we're doing uh, checks now. Is that what's going on? <laughs> How am I coming in? Uh, uh, good sounds good, Mickey. Good check. Jeff from South Carolina. Guy here Jeff. from Seattle. Jeff, you're thin. Never thin. been accused of that ever. <laughs> Kevin Maurer, you look like you're coming in from the from the deep coast. I opened my garage door and it's just blowing in is what it is. I was going to change the topics if that's fine. Grant, by the way, for everyone, is the is the actual OG. So the very first person that registered for this. I had to build a little sort of uh, booth for myself, and the background was crap. So at last minute, that's why the sheets there. There's about 125 uh, people that are uh, here in Zoom. We're trying to figure out how big this can get and whether it's going to be sustainable after quarantine. We're trying to turn it into something where it might actually make sense to keep doing it. I don't know whether it's my magnetic personality. That's the only thing that's not super sexy we keep on getting a little bit bigger every day what did you be using it for we're looking for candid we're looking for real we're not looking for scripted maybe this thing just needs to go to that thing it depends on what you're doing grant are you doing that in u.s dollars or australian dollar ruse <laughs> <laughs> 12 grand australian and you're and you're done how often have you had a a switcher crash in production i've had one catch fire i think it was overloaded or something like that you know until i do that most people just assume that I'm in a room that, that looks like that. Yeah, kind of, but not really. I've been doing this a long time, and I've never understood that an expander makes quieter things quieter. I just, <laughs> I learn stuff here every day. It's a bad name. It should be a quieter-er. Office Hours has evolved from a global conversation, but also with the technology and the innovation that takes place. And I'd like to welcome Andy Carluccio and Richard Lavery to talk about Liminal and Zoom and Isadora. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much, Liberty. It's, again, a real 
pleasure to be with everybody celebrating uh, office hours and a thousand episodes. Um, so I figured what I do and Richard, you wink at me if this is <laughs> how we want to everyone attack this one, but I'll take us through a little bit of the early, early days of uh, setting up the infrastructure for the show. And then Richard can catch you up a little bit, you know, from uh, where we are today. So it actually traces a lot of its roots back to um, Victor Cahayo and uh, the Sunday Sax Jam. If you think about it that way, that was actually one of the first remote switch shows that we did. And the back end for it was Isadora and Streamweaver talking to his X32 to QLab and to his ATEM. So we were doing that in the spring of 2021, summer of 2021. And um, Alex wrote me and he said, hey, you know, with uh, some of what we were doing with Victor's show and what you just put out with Zoom ISO, which we had released in June of that year, um, what would it take, you know, to try to do something a little bit more complex than streaming directly out of Zoom, uh, but not requiring all the infrastructure that would be done for like a one person in each room type of production, which we had done some experimenting with for WWDC. So with Zoom ISO now out, I flew out to 3210 Studios um, in July. We started building the first prototype of Office Hours 2.0. And there were a couple of key ideas as I was sitting with Alex and JJ working on the original hardware infrastructure on the tabletop with a gaff rack set up, you know, what was going to be involved in some of that. So some key ideas were adding an API to Mukana so we could share information about panelists and participant actions with the back end, um, discovering how to use Universe Control's web interface with a Cloudflare quick tunnel. Jonas had been doing some experimenting on how to get remote companion view for other operators. I said, well, could we combine that with Universe and get remote TDs with custom interfaces. Um, and then building an Isadora control system that centralized data from a bunch of different things. That was kind of a, a crazy idea for me, at least, because I used Isadora as a theater maker to do media and projection design. But it had all this high throughput data capability, which was something really interesting there to turn the ideas of Zoom and Mukana, which were very much focused on people and their participants and their names into things that can be used with switchers, with, you know, mix effect, with the ATEM, which care about input numbers. So building this relational database, making automatic super sources based on people's raised hand events in Mukana. I think that's a great highlight of how some of this works together. You know, it pulls together five or six different pieces of hardware and software to be able to make something like that happen. And then using Universe as an abstraction layer to simplify uh, the control of multiple systems down to a single bespoke customized interface that somebody can operate anywhere in the world and have. And I think, you know, the team has just done amazing work on um, bringing all of those things together and automations and macros that you could sit there with an iPad and switch, you know, an incredible amount of hardware um, from a really simple to use interface. So then in November, Jonathan and I flew back to 3210, finished up some of the infrastructure uh, right around Thanksgiving time with Alex and JJ and the gaff rack evolved a little bit more. A couple more things got added to it. Computers got simplified and tightened up. And then uh, December 27th, uh, Zoom completed their asset purchase of Liminal. And I sort of turned over to the new office hours team um, to take it from there and get it ready for showtime. So and uh, Richard can probably take us from there about, you know, how the show's evolved since then. I just want to know before Richard starts what a gaff rack is. People might not know what a gaff <laughs> rack is. When we call when we call something a gaff rack, it means that we stacked a bunch of things up that would fit into a rack mount, and then we just gaff them together. We gaff tape. We just put tape down them so that they don't move move in relationship to each other. So that is the technical. That is the, that is the description of the technical term known as the gaff rack. Go ahead, Richard. 
Yeah, it's. I think. I mean, we don't have the photos at the moment, but I think we'll try and share some more. Um, it's just those early days of seeing the two point structure just sat on a table in thirty two ten is quite funny. Just seeing it all just sat there, the minis uh, uh, and watching it from the back end. So it's it's been it's been an interesting journey because um, I joined onto the two point team then just when Andy was handing over in December la- uh, last year, um, and uh, I remember a lot of the stuff that we used to do over over kind of Christmas. Uh, we just sat on like a, a Zoom uh, together for for days on end, just going through uh, the, what was just handed over to us, um, and and trying to work out well what do we have to do. And in the background, Alex going, "We're going live in a month. We're going live in a month." And we're kind of in the, in the Zoom going, "We're we're never going to make that. That's nuts. Let's we have to tell Alex. No, we're going live in a month. It doesn't matter whether it's ready. We're going live." So it, it, we just it was a really quite lovely time. Apart from the fact that it was a Christmas and we were all sort of maybe meant to be doing other things at Christmas, um, we it was just really lovely. Kind of, I remember sitting in, in, in uh, on my couch in the house with uh, an earbud into Zoom uh, and then watching the TV with the family, just listening to to the tech conversation as we were kind of walking walking through. So I was kind of in kind of two split worlds. So when when Andy kind of handed over this this is Isadora um as it as it was when Andy handed it over so this is this is 2.0 when it was first kind of given so uh given to us and then uh, in January kind of uh, at the beginning of this year it kind of turned into this uh, and um Talalak and I have a, a bit of a conversation in the third hour so I won't won't delve into the technical details too much but essentially Juan then took it over this year and made uh, this which is now the experimental patch uh, so you can kind of see where, where how, it, how it's growing and then this is our kind of patch now uh, as it's came down from the experiment this is what's running the show right now uh, in, in a computer in 3210 uh, and, and then as uh, as uh, uh, um, uh, Andy said we, we all run then this through this which is essentially uh, just a web page that anyone in the world can access and this runs the show so right now uh, our td is sat with this um or possibly this version of it in front of them uh, cutting between the active speaker and the super sources and all this and so everything that isadora is doing the back end underneath that is creating this opportunity to create such a really simplified system that you can almost pair that down to uh, an active speaker button and a super source button uh, it, it, it's, it does so much of that work for us it, it's been a huge amount of work uh, and we'll go through lots of the unsung heroes uh, uh, in, in, the, in the third hour but it's just such an amazing system uh, and as much as kind of we're, we're here as, as, as the first start of the Kilo show some of us are kind of missing the early days of kind of the open Zoom meeting what's really cool about uh, what Andy and, and then the, the rest of the team have done with the 2.0 structure is it's set a huge bar for what a production in, in using Zoom and using any kind of system can be. You know, the learning that I've taken from the 2.0 system we now use in all the Belfast shows, the learning that other people have taken. It's an amazing kind of playground uh, and playpen. This, to, 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 this amazing sandbox, I suppose, uh, just to sit in and get to play with and to experiment and to grow and use on a show that is, again, daily. So every single day something's being tested, every single day something's being refined. And I remember the first day when, when 2.0 was turned on, it didn't work. Uh, um, and th- that's probably my fault because of how we coded the universe at that stage. Uh, so I'll take the blame for that. Um, 
but then within a day, then it was back up and was running. It was good to go. And it was just, it's, it's been an absolutely amazing process to be part of and to, to watch the team, Juan and Talalok and JJ uh, and, and Jonas and, and, and everyone who's been part of the, the dev team as well as the, the wider uh, TD and the question manager team. It's, it's There's too much to mention at the moment because I'm aware we're, we're tight on time for the first hour. So I won't go into too much, but it's been such an amazing kind of uh, process. And I, 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 I do have a picture. I have a picture. Here it is. Here it is. Hold on. This is the. I don't know if this is exactly the first one, but pretty close to it. There is a picture that I took. I just randomly was like, I better take a picture of this because we're going to want to look at this in a in a second. So that was the original one. Um, this is this is the gaff rack that I was talking about. Everything carefully gaffed together so it doesn't slide away. Um, but yeah, this was like, oh, let's just buy some buy some sonnets, buy some um, uh, buy some Mac Minis. Fortunately, you know you'll see loner here on a lot of the stuff. So Black Magic was like, uh, what do you need? <laughs> so like, like figure this out and so um so anyway so that's that's the um that's what it looked like and you can see that we we needed this it was very hard to get to some of this stuff so we, we did a very technical thing here which is that we put it on top of the, the mac mini boxes and that worked <laughs> mac mini is the well. gift that keeps on giving the boxes <laughs> exactly. the sack i mean that was it was core infrastructure both physically and from a technology standpoint yeah, yeah, exactly so. exactly anyway there and, you go. The, and josh and the team have the the jj's video of making the current rack which might be an interesting contrast it, just to, we, to cut to we're like a hermit crab you know like so so like we just go find another shell so this was the first shell and then we had to move into another shell and then we were uh and then then it now needed to move into a a larger shell and i think this is the time lapse of us moving into the us as a hermit crab going from one shell to the other However, we can bring it together. We make it happen here on Office Hours. Well, Bill, I see on the side of my screen here all the comments going off. What are our producers saying? Here's a few of the ones that have come in recently. Ray Franklin said, congratulations to all who worked so hard to up the game of Office Hours on the projects these past 1,000 days. Chris Clark says, I first met Alex in 1977 when he was 10 or 11 years old. Clearly, even then, a leader and supporter of other kids doing cool things. Office Hours is a global version of 1977 on the Lindsay Farm. Vienna Tran, uh, thank you, everybody here for making Office Hours the brilliant community it is. I'm very grateful to call many of you my friends right back at you, Vienna. Uh, Ranjan Chandel, Office Hours reminds everyone it is possible to make connections over the Internet. Well, Bill, let's get into some of these questions. Okay, moving on. The first one we have here is from J.J. McKenna in Santa Venetia, California. And J.J. says, let me get it up here. Uh, it looks like Andy is dressed to become the new CEO of a social media company. Any news he can share? <laughs> Andy? I, you know, for the 500, people wore suits and everything. So it's, you know, five o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, I better put a tie on or something like, come on, guys. But I'll take the opportunity to say, you know, that uh, I have my my Christmas present for office hours, which is the 5.13 update of Zoom rooms. So you should be able to check that out at some point today. So Merry Christmas. Happy 1000. Happy holidays. Um, and then uh, I'll also say that again, you know, um, in reflection, I talked about at Zoomtopia, the importance of, of office hours to Zoom and as a strategic partner in our media vertical. And just to, again, express thanks on behalf of everybody um, for your continued, like, like I said, thought leadership, engagement, and pushing really the most complex production that takes place on the Zoom platform every single day. So congratulations to all of you. Thank you. Next question. And from Andy Kokendorfer in Vera, Florida, what proved to be the best way to build a community with office hours? Ooh, let's go with Alex. Join up. 
<laughs> like if you want to build a community around something, it's, you know, I think that the, the, the folks that have become really part of that community, everybody's part of a community, however they do it. So there's some people that are just watching and asking questions. Um, there are people who are jumping into discord and having com- great conversations. Um, but then, you know, and, and it's kind of like the people just keep on going forward. So then there's people who jump in, into after hours and have, you know, just the conversations we have in after hours, then panelists, and then they start taking on, okay, I'm going to do part of the team. And, um, you know, I think that there's this incredibly rich community building here. And all, all I would say is just keep looking at where you might be able to contribute and be and be part of that community because it's it's really powerful. Chris? Yeah, I would say um, being open and being uh, willing to share, willing to be... Um, vulnerable. I think, I think the, the first step to learning is admitting at being able to actually admit, you know, you don't know. I, I heard somebody say earlier that they had, I think it was Phil was saying that he'd written down all this stuff. And I still have a giant document of every, you know, thing that I learned in the, especially in the first year, year and a half, including all of the Alex quotes. I, I have those all uh, pulled pulled aside also, but being able to open up and share and learn, um, it, it's it's the best way to build a community. And Jeffrey, and letting people take the helm, I found uh, you know, and that's something that I'm learning how to do. Is uh, you know, you get a whole bunch of people, and some people know exactly what they're doing. Some people want to learn. And so if you give them a chance to uh, see what they can do, they, they, they can definitely shine. So how many times have I uh, started, uh, I was a host of uh, After Hours or I was, uh, I was doing this, doing the YouTube or anything like that. If uh, you just have to ask and say, hey, I'd like to be part of this. And, uh, and then all of a sudden you're finding new skills. Well, thank you so much to our first hour panels for your contributions and taking us down memory lane. And as we get ready to bring on a second panel, we're going to go to this video to hear more from our Office Hours members. Okay, thank you uh, to the community of Office Hours. Uh, It's been a huge eye-opening for me. Uh, using all the video, audio um, tools that we have available for my online classes right now. It's been a huge success. Many pilots are joining me. And um, now that I'm back into the cockpit, I've got less time to be with you. Uh, I regret it. Uh, And I hope to see you soon. Thank you very much, guys. See you. Hello from Hollywood. Courtney Gooden here. Congratulations, Alex, on uh, number 1,000 of the Office Hour shows. Who knows? Maybe after another 1,000, we'll get our own star right here on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I wanted to say how great it is to reconnect with the filmmaking and editing world that I was once part of. Thank you again for making me a speaker of the second hour on 3D apparel. It was one of the more exciting events in the last year. What has After Hours meant to me? During the pandemic, it became a space for me to seek refuge from the daily woes of COVID. Cheers to the next 1,000 and in-person meetups. After Hours, big up yourself. My name is Greg Swick. I'm a Santa performer. Been doing it for four years virtually. And I got to know this group called Office Hours Global. But I can't thank 
enough of the people from Office Hours Global, the After Hours. There's so many. Simon, who worked on my nice list here, a lot of different things that we worked on. And I, I'll always be grateful and I'll always be a member of the Office Hours Global community. Good job, guys. Hey, Office Hours, congratulations on 1,000 episodes. All I can say is our time together has been unreal. And I never met a human better than the ones that I get to work with here in Office Hours. Looking forward to the next 1,000 episodes. Until next time, have fun. So I start on Office Hours as I just a producer asking questions, making my agency better for almost a year. It wasn't until I asked for a ruthless review of my Facebook Live road check that Alex elevated me to the panel. Not on a 6K, not with a PR40, but with a Facebook portal. So that was my first panel appearance. Had many great experiences after that. Everything we learn and everything we share is so valuable to the community. So thanks, everybody, and congrats on a 1,000 episodes. At a time of great uncertainty and stress, this group of professionals worked on helping improve the audio, the video, and the techniques of using virtual communications to meet pressing needs and connect global communities. All this to support a global conversation where no one's left out. Well done, Office Hours. And I, for one, look forward to the next 1,000 episodes. Wonderful. It is so great to see uh, the community and see the impact that Office Hours has had. And Bill, like we're, we're now at the top, well, top of the second panel. How has the celebration been for you? It's been a combination of truly exciting, but also nostalgic. You know, I remember going into the pandemic and I remember like signing up for masterclass and a bunch of things because I thought it was going to be the most boring period of my life where I was cut off from everybody. And the people that you're seeing here today made it the exact opposite. I made more friends and more connections through this magic of office hours. And you're seeing their faces. on. we've got a whole new panel coming in on the back end now. And this has been... if ever there was a question about whether people can truly connect and create community over a virtual global thing, those questions are just gone for me now because this has been a magnificent experiment. Yeah, and it's been wonderful to see, you know, we're just wrapping the the OG panel and seeing some familiar faces that we see pop up in, as Alex mentioned, in Discord and in After Hours. And I remember it was Colin Sandy, because I do want to, you know, give him a shout out because it was May, June 2020 that he messaged me and he's like, there's something going on over here that you want to, you know, you want to get in on, you can provide value. And I, I'm confident that's been a lot. And for our producers, let me know, like, how, let us know, how did you hear about Office Hours so we can hear some of your stories as well? And Bill, as you mentioned too, just community-wise, like you've been involved with the remotes, you've done labs. Absolutely. Going out to OH space into the desert and walking onto a literally middle of nowhere dry lake bed and looking, going, I know him. I know him. I know her. I know the, I. this is my community. I've never seen them in person, but walking out there was like coming home. And that is an amazing thing emotionally to, to find as a result of this virtual community. And I want to take this moment now to welcome our second hour panel, our group where we will go into, we're going to talk about just the education hours, the second hours, the labs, as we just discussed. So welcome, welcome, welcome panel. 
Look at and, all these cool faces. Wow. Right. And now I want to get started with talking even just about education and the learning aspect of office hours and how that has been an integral part of us showing up every day, but even our education hours on the weekend. And if we can have, let's see, who should we start with? John, if you want to share some of like, even you coming in now with the education hours. Sure. Education hour has been fun. It really uh, started at the very beginning when it was a real challenge for the educators who were being pushed into remote learning that we just started with the technical issues. Where can we find a microphone? How can we improve a video image? But it rapidly became very philosophical. It became very reflective and became a community of teachers, students trying to figure out how to make this all work. Uh, Education hour was a a great experience for me because it helped me help my fellow faculty members when I got called in to see what I could do to help my university. And Alex? You know, I think overall, one of the things that that what we do is, is really based on, for me anyway, and whether it's the education hour or really all of office hours, is that, you know, for maybe a couple 10, 50, 50,000 years, <laughs> maybe, maybe more, maybe 100,000 years, we learned in a certain way we've as humans and that is we watch we then uh, ask questions we then try it and then we watch ask questions try watch and just and just and just you know step repeat step repeat step repeat in that in that area and i think that office hours it really in, embodies that in the sense that that's what we're doing most of the time whether it's the labs or the second hour the second hours we're asking questions we're out there doing things we're trying to figure it out and then we're coming back and and regrouping again and, and learning. And I think it's, it's one of the more efficient ways to learn, actually. Um, it, it doesn't have the structure that most people want, um, but it, it seems to be, it does pretty a pretty good job for me. <laughs> as, as you know, when I come every day, I'm still learning all the time. And Sky? As the husband of a, a teacher, I was there as a survival technique. And office hours to me was the CrossFit exercise of, of learning and doing from, uh, from the doing. And as we had gone into this disaster that we didn't understand, the novel coronavirus was a thing that had never been experimented or experienced before. So when Guy Cochran said, hey, there's there's a bunch of people talking about education, that's my interest in what I started joining in with the office hours experience because I wanted to. I wanted to support my wife. And of course, as we know, a happy wife is a happy life. So it was <laughs> sheerly selfish. Got you, David. You know, post-college, I went to five years of rabbinical school to become a rabbi. And the most important thing, really the only thing that I learned there is how little I know. And what a joy it is to be in a place where all of us embrace the fact that we don't know enough. There's always something new to learn. And that is just the greatest blessing of all. And John. You know, I think anybody who is a strong performer inevitably gets asked to help other people learn. And so I'm here to help myself learn how to help teach others. And Hasmuk? Well, every time somebody comes to my office and they look at all the equipment, they get completely mesmerized. And they think that they've come to a really professional studio. And I didn't know anything about this at all before COVID. So it was just pure curiosity that led me into office hours and the name Alex Lindsay. 
and and uh, that's how I learned uh, step by step. And initially, I was very shy. I was in fact anxious. I was quite nervous. But today, all of that is in the past. So, in South Africa and probably part of the subcontinent, I think I try and promote this concept of virtual meetings almost every day. And Alex? You know, and I think that one of the things that's really powerful is the persistence of the community. While there's a certain level of people coming, kind of coming in and going out, there is a persistence of so many of us that have been here for so long and people continually coming in and staying. And it's part of why we keep all learning together is because when one of us or a handful of us share it with other people, then that injects that knowledge into the community. And we know that that's going to, it's, you know, if you write it down, it's just going to stay where it's at. But if you give it to other people, it'll keep growing. <laughs> it just keeps growing. Then they, they keep on digging into it. So the next time you have a question, you now have a bunch of people to answer your question. And, and I think that that's the, that is a, a really powerful part of this. It's not like a university where everyone's going to be there. And then four years later, they're all going to be gone and there'll be a new set. It's the, it's a constantly growing set and a very stable, a relatively stable set. And after hours is an integral part of our community. And I hear that there are some folks watching us now that and if you're watching, please wave so that we could see your faces and see you at after hours. Hey, <laughs> and speaking of after hours, after hours has evolved, but it originally started with Carmi and Hasmuk. Is, is that correct? I'll I'll give Kami the floor. He's the he's the consummate host that I stumbled into, and Kami can share the story, and then I'll back him up. I'll make sure everything is the truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> Kami, the truth floor is, is yours. The truth, the truth as well as I can remember it. So really, what happened was I I actually unlike a lot of people didn't come to. Um, after hours, I mean, office hours from Mac break. I had a friend at, uh, at a company that has a lot of gear that we all use. And uh, he said, you should talk to this guy, Alex Lindsay. And Alex and I finally connected. And it was quite funny because we had about a billion friends in common and had attended a million events of the same things, but never met. It was really interesting. So I had gotten hurt about a year ago, a little bit over a year ago, I'd hurt my back and I couldn't move. So I just basically couldn't do anything. And so I would just sit on the, the show. We used to have a pre-show for a bit, then we'd have the show, and then we'd have a post-show. We had three different Zoom meetings. And um, Alex was always very clear that only people that he knew well and knew what they were doing could be host. Uh, and then one day he said, um, who can stick around for a bit? And I'm like, I'm here. And he's like, well, you're a host now. <laughs> like, got it. Awesome. Okay. I have no idea what I'm doing. And it was also important that at the time I was primarily using my iPad because I didn't really want to move. And it was much easier to not have to walk anywhere. I could just use my iPad, which it turns out is really hard to host a Zoom meeting from an iPad. Um, so this, this went on, and I that day, Alex would usually say to the host of the after show, the post show, keep it open for a couple of hours, keep it open for three hours, five hours, whatever. 
And uh, that day he said, keep it open until you want to leave. Um, and uh, since I had nothing else to do, I didn't leave. Um, and at about uh, six in the morning or five in the morning, I fell asleep. And um, uh, and somebody actually was trying to wake me before the next show started. And that didn't really work. Um, but we went through and the next day we did it again. And at some point, um, Hosmick and Ken Jordan uh, both said, um, you need to go to sleep. So we will make sure that we're there at midnight, uh, your time, so that you can go to sleep and we'll keep it open until you get back in the morning. And um, and that was really the evolution. It was just purely a, a defense mechanism. I had nothing else to do. <laughs> and it was more interesting than, uh, than watching uh, YouTube. So uh, that was really a starting point. And as Hosmick said, the one last bit I'll add was, it was really important to get people. We had a lot of people who would come in and sit in after hours, but wouldn't turn on their cameras. And so one of the first things I started doing was whenever I saw a name of somebody I didn't recognize, I would just introduce myself and I would say, you know, how are, how are you? Who are you? You don't have to turn on your camera if you don't want to, but we'd love to see you. And um, it took a bit, but after a while, we started getting a lot of those people to engage. And I think that was a big part of it. Thank you, Carmine. Yes, always welcoming in and inviting in after hours. And Hasmuk, you want to share what was, was what Carmine said accurate? Yep, everything is accurate to date. But uh, I, I, you know, we spend a lot of time on framing yourself correctly, and I didn't understand why Carmine could not frame himself because physiologically he was challenged, so he did use the iPad, and so I saw him with his video just a bit of his head and clearly he he fell asleep <laughs> i knew that and then i said hello kami now now i also understand why kami always said almost every day hey hasma is that you yes it's me are you really here yes i'm really here okay let's hand over the host and uh, for a while after that mickey was also listening and john idleston made sure, and John would come in and say, I want to make sure that the baton gets passed on, and then Mickey would play our anthem for the handover. So he would play the anthem, he would play uh, Ken Jordan's anthem, so really we got into a routine. But there's something I want to add, which is called the Kami Hashmuk Fenwick effect. And that effect is when you end the meeting, make sure you don't end the meeting for everyone. And a couple of times we ended that meeting and somebody somewhere had to hustle Alex, wherever he, whichever nightmare he was having. Sorry, Alex, the meeting has ended. And that, that happened a few times. So thankfully it doesn't happen anymore. That's okay. wonderful. Bill, let's get into some of these questions from our producers. Absolutely. More people weighing in all the time. Paul Prusikowski has a little uh, uh, formula for us. OH equals AV club for grownups. Javier Alfaro's in with, I've never seen a community so involved in learning together and helping each other where ego is not even an issue and newcomers are truly welcome. Thanks everyone. I'm very grateful to be a part of this community. Greg Gibson is up next. He says, for someone who is who is making the pivot into virtual event production, 
office hours was like a lifeline in the middle of an ocean I was struggling to stay afloat in. And Idris says, happy office hours. Many, many thanks. Office hours have helped me develop AV skills that are essential in my IT job. I first learned about office hours during Mac Break Weekly. Again, I cannot thank the panel enough and everyone. Wonderful. Next question. Next question comes to us from uh, Dave Troutman in Edmonton, Canada. And Dave says, has your experience with office hours changed your understanding of, in quotes, community? Leo? And let's go to Dave. Uh, yeah, Leo jumped off the, off the panel yeah, the a bit earlier. Um, in, in, in my world of faith communities, community is everything. It's all about community. And early on, after watching Office Hours and being a part of it, I started teaching the people that I work with to not use the word virtual, a virtual community, a virtual experience. This, what we're able to create here, what we're able to create when we use these technologies well, is as real as it gets. And Vienna? Thanks, Liberty. Um, I probably defined community as something that has to be in person. It's just something that I grew up with and didn't really think about um, online communities at all. I think community now is, is, is anything where people get together and have something in common and help each other and, and, and have this symbiotic relationship. And that's exactly what Office Hours is. I'm not exactly the most tech-savvy person uh, by any means, but I have enjoyed Office Hours for what it's given me and the small parts that I've been able to contribute and help for other people. So that's all the community needs to be, and it, that's its fire, is that symbiosis. And John. Back in 2005, Educause started a research project on communities of practice online. And it was a great experiment. We launched five communities and two of them sort of remained and three didn't quite make it. Office hours was like the Uber experiment. So many of the things that we researched in that community practice, office hours did right just naturally. And Sky? I've been a part of both in-person communities uh, most of my life, but I had been a part of a virtual community in technique in technology previously, and it had saved my life and made an income, helped me make an income. But I was once told that life is a team sport, and so is video production. And I think this is the uh, the the connection of this, as Chris calls it, the affinity group of uh, like minds wanting to help one another and help uh, get better all the time. So it's definitely made a, a, a been a variety of experiences and uh, building of community for me. Go ahead, Alex. You know what? I know it'll be hard for people to think about this, but I'm not the most social person in the world, and and uh, you know I tend to be a bunch of an introvert and don't don't really go out unless I have to, and um and uh, the uh, the fact that I I I really feel like every time I travel somewhere now I'm like. Okay, I got to figure out who I can talk. To. You know, like who in the community is going to be there that we can that we can see. And I and I really feel like I have the largest uh, friend group of friends that I've ever had in my entire life in, in office hours. And I get excited about every single time uh, that I'm going somewhere. I mean, I just I get excited to come hang out and see who's going to show up at the panel and who I get to hang out with today. And um, you know, I loved. I we were we were sitting in um, last night. I was cleaning my garage, listening to. Um, uh, listening to office hours and people were helping somebody figure out what monitor they should use. Um, and 
I was like, this is just peak after hours. <laughs> just, you know, people graciously just figuring it out and digging through something that is that is pretty, you know, pretty basic, but but very important and and something that needs to be sorted out. And people are like finding out what price and where you can buy it and how you can do it. And I just thought, wow, that's, you know, it's just like to me having a community that can deal with hey, we're going to learn how to do HDR and surround sound and we're going to talk about photogrammetry. And we will also talk about, you know, you know, how to connect your monitor to your laptop. <laughs> you know, and, the, and, and we'll do it just as graciously on both ends. I just, I didn't expect that, you know, in this, in, in this community. And Chris. The, Sky mentioned it briefly that um, <clears throat> I think there's a, a big difference between a community and or a community group and an affinity group by and large uh office hours is an affinity group we all have a, a common interest in technology however there is a tipping point and i think that we reached the tipping point in the summer of 2020 when mike passed away and there is <clears throat> an emotional buy-in and there's a point where all everything else washes away because of that human experience it's the it's the type of thing you know like when we lost mike andrews things changed things really changed and i look at some of the friends that i've developed in the last couple of years and the affinity group absolutely graduates to a community group and um i think that quite often we you know we all play the same game, you know, so, you know, Call of Duty or whatever, and we think it's a community. Well, not really. But when it when it has that tipping point, although that tipping point sometimes is very painful, it's a very very um, real thing, and it's and it's really what has pulled this group together so tightly. Next question. Next one comes to us from our friend Chris Clark in Tempe, Arizona. And Chris says, U.S. public education is an intrinsically political process operated primarily by 2.5 million women. Does this help explain the ups and downs of Education Hour as a daughter show of explicitly non-political, largely male office hours? Go ahead, John Snyder. I think regarding Saturday Education Hour, that that difference is really important to bring diversity within the community because until we can truly have conversations with people who are significantly different than us, including across the political spectrum or gender gap, um, as you're saying, Chris, largely male dominated office hours, um, the public education sector brings value to our organization and to our community in a way that other places may not. And we need to be active at making sure that we're reaching out to those people to add that conversation into our community. Well, thank you so much. We're going to take this moment to go to a quick clip from our OH space crew. In early 2020, as the lockdown and pandemic went into full effect, several tech nerds from around the globe began to meet daily on Zoom in office hours, a live technology Q&A show hosted by Alex Lindsay. However, as time went on, this group of people began to form real relationships that, among other things, have grown into this event today, the Level 3 Certification Flight for John Prado. When Prado said that he was going for his recertification, 
I said, hey Fredo, let me know and I'll be there. When we started planning this, this little adventure, I knew that I could link a work trip in Denver with a trip to Vegas and a little bit of vacation. So all told, when we're all said and done, I've driven over 5,000 miles. The rocket launch is all John, but the crew is all gathered here to create a live show. That's exciting. Not only has the gang traveled from all over by car and plane and whatever, but some of the R&D has been going on really around the globe. There's representatives from Australia, Israel, Germany, England, um, like everywhere. It's great, South Africa. It, it really is a global community. We haven't actually totaled up all of the miles and time put into what we're doing here today, but it's pretty safe to say that John Preto rolled out onto the lake bed with the largest entourage here. This community has produced some impressive events, just like you saw with OA Space, Space Matted, The Kitchen, NAMB, Cinegear, and the list goes on and on and on. And we want to take a moment to recap some of those events and share some more of the learnings and the experience and really how this global community has had an impact on, on the world. And I would like to welcome John Preto, Chris, and we'll get this party started with Noah. Noah, if you can talk to us about some of the projects that you've been involved in. Thanks, Liberty. Man, it's been such an exciting uh, couple of years and just to see the evolution. Um, and it, it really all stems back from the core principle that we've been talking about with office hours of that global community where nobody's left behind. And the thought of like having an idea spark, you know, with Alex and with Carmi and the other people that have mentioned the things they're working on, right? And then for the community to just take that idea and run with it, you know, and I'm sh I hope Chris will talk a little bit about how office hours space uh, took off in that sense, um, have, having that idea come into fruition. But as far as like the events that I've been involved in, it started with um, coming out of the space event and just thinking about the next event and the things that I'm working on. So I'll, I'll let um, the other team take the floor and I'll come back to some more thoughts. Go ahead, Sky. I'm going to hand it back over to Keenan now that he's jumped in there because he drove the most distance for me. Keenan? I actually drove the most distance, but I, I would pass it to Tuomo, but since he didn't raise his hand, I'll take it. You know, oh, it's space was one of those. It, it's kind of like after hours. We had this idea and Carmi ran with after hours. Well, Fenwick and I had this idea of making Preto's little rocket launch into something huge it went from this to you know we can't even measure it uh i drove over five thousand miles and it's all possible because of this this circle that everybody created you know alex had the idea and then it just kept going and 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 spearheading and and fenwick ran with it and i, I will tell you i live in nevada now because of john Preto and, and chris fenwick i retired Things went on in the life, you know, all the all the bad stuff that happened. I had this positivity of this team to put all our efforts toward OH space and and do a rocket launch. But it literally has changed the trajectory of my life a thousand degrees the other way. So I live in Nevada from Illinois. So if you want to think of it that way as a case study, I, I literally picked up everything. And now Preto and I shoot rockets for fun in the desert with our friend Fenwick and Jack and Widener and all this crew and it's it's amazing. So wow. thanks, guys. 
really changing lives, changing locations as well. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, I've been just gobsmacked. The office hour space thing was was transformative to be out there and to be able to see so many people putting in so much effort and, and to have such extraordinary results. And I saw the same thing. And I've been going to NAB for decades. But when we did the coverage of NAB and Cinegear and NAM, seeing people, seeing Guy uh, like pop up as a field reporter and do such an outstanding job of that, um, and just getting the feeling like I, if I can't go to a show, a major conference, that there's a crew of volunteer people who can put the experience in my phone or in my uh, computer in a way that is satisfying to me as somebody used to go to these shows all the time, that just extends that information so far out into the world. And I think it's just outstanding. John Preto? Uh, but but Vienna was our host from it, and there's a great story for fabulous for Carl, too for yes. Carl setting up her set like with minutes before the show's coming on. It was a fabulous story. Uh, the team was amazing. We had 23 people from office hours come in the middle of the desert. It was freezing cold in the morning and hot in the middle of the day. It was spectacular, and uh, I have to thank Alex for bringing the community together. It's absolutely amazing. And we're relaunching a bigger rocket. It's 46 bananas tall, according to the Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to launch it on the biggest commercially motor that you can launch, which is an O8000. There you go. On, yeah, on, Vienna's uh, got a banana up. <laughs> October of next year. So so coming soon and, and great things uh, ahead. Tuomo? I was introduced to uh, office hours in September of the 21 and just few more few months after that I was I was invited to Nevada middle of desert shooting a rocket that was pretty pretty amazing to do that. <laughs> Noah and just to see the community uh, and, and and the people um, come together in such a great moment. It, it was a spectacular event. Um, I just remember, um, you know, we spent a lot of time in prep working on the show ahead of time. And there's probably 30, 40 hours worth of stuff that we're meeting on and talking about and discovering on, like just from our department, you know, and there's like three other, three or four other departments happening. But um, I just remember going into um, somebody's trailer and we sat down and, you know, there's six or eight of us all together. You could see the nerves rumbling around between the people. And I just remember, turning to the group and saying, the latency in this meeting is just so good, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> we're there in real time and we're so used to having that 200 millisecond delay. And so um, that kind of just broke the ice. And for me, it, it just signified that like, we're here, we're together, like we made this happen. Um, and we extended past, you know, the virtual world into the real world and just solidified, solidified all that time and energy we spent leading up to that moment. Low latency, the things that get us excited here at office hours. Let's go to Chris Fedwick. You know, it was it was super strange as people started showing up uh, and meeting people face to face. Um, there's certain things that that pop up. You you wouldn't realize that Tuomo is like six three or something. He's really tall, you know. And I remember the first time I met Preto, it's like wow, you know, it's like real three dimensional people. Um, but it was um, it's really hard to describe just how uh, exciting that was to watch all these people just pop up that you had only, you know, normally only seen in a little box. And all of a sudden, you know, they're standing in front of you. And then they all, you know, pulled the stops. And uh, I, I told John afterwards, I said, you know, you've, you've pretty much reached 
peak Tom Sawyer here. You're never going to be able to pull this off again. <laughs> so um, it was, it was, uh, it was incredible. And Sky? Well, and the two words that keep coming to my mind, Chris, are impossible and experiment. And I think we've been a part of, of both of those things that have become possible because of community, because of people, because of aspiration and uh, the encouragement of a positive attitude that let's, let's try it and the opportunity to fail forward. We, we failed forward on a lot of things on, on office hours and, uh, and the OH space experiment. And, and we learned a lot from each other because we, we each bring our own unique experiences to, as was mentioned earlier, the, the, we, we brought our thing to the pot, to the stone soup experience. So I, I, is this the time to talk about when Alex called me and said, hey, you want to do a cooking show? This is a great time to talk about that, especially with we also have Hasmuk and Demyanti here. <laughs> Cooking has been a big deal for and our Shannon. office hours and Shannon as a oh, part of our office gosh. hours community. Well, I, I, Alex said, I, I want to do I want to do this thing. And he called um, Madeline Smithberg and myself and he said, I want to want to try this thing. And Madeline, of course, had done the the late show with David Letterman and started the 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 show with uh, John Stewart the daily show and so she had that high end experience and she wanted to do a show and this is about the same time as Tony is trying to experience what what is it that Tony Mobley is is wanting to bring to the world in his experience so what we realized was we were going to do a show and Tony was going to have a conversation and for 8 episodes 8 weeks Hundreds of people around the world got together to learn from each other, not just the technology, but also how to cook. And Shannon, you taught me so much and, and how to, to listen and help and organize these types of events. And you brought that experience to the party, but then you also brought your cooking, your love, your love for cooking. So Shannon, what did you, you learn from that experience? Uh, well, I have to say, yesterday I actually made um, one of the recipes. I made kimchi pancakes, and I was so excited. I made it for a group of friends, and uh, and and so it brought back all these memories of being on the cooking show and participating and learning. And um, you know, it it uh, it made a difference. It was it was really fun. So the first thing I wanted to do was I meant to text you and Madeline saying I made the pancakes again. <laughs> Awesome. Keenan? So there was one thing that struck us on all of these events, and it was something that Bill Davis and I had when I was on OH Space, and he came up to me and he shook my hand, and I said, good to see you. And it was a see you in person, but we've met all of these people on all these events in Monterey and all over the place. So the comfort level of our crew, when I shook Bill Davis's hand or Roscoe or all these people, it was a good to see you, not a nice to meet you because I met you months ago. And that was something so powerful and cool that we were we were just seeing everybody in 3D instead of this little box. And, and that was it. Thanks. The power of the connectivity and seeing each other in real life. Hasmuk and Damianti? Hello, everybody. It's great seeing everyone again. It's been a long time. Um, I think one forgets how universal food is. When Hasmuk first asked me, uh, would you consider cooking on a show? I'm a people's person. I just couldn't fathom how this was going to work. And yet it worked so well. 
Uh, and I think it was such a beautiful participation from everybody. I learned, in fact, quite a bit because I was forced to sometimes um, think on my feet, like Bobby didn't the one day, I think they don't eat corn. And then we suddenly had to put carrots in the fritters. It was so exciting for me as well. And then, of course, um, I didn't imagine Alex taking part in a cooking course. So I was thrilled about that. And I can say I'm very proud of the fact that he started growing some lemongrass after the cooking show that we did with Chai. So it's, it's been amazing. It's changed my mindset uh, because I always thought you had to do these things in person. It was important. But of course, we couldn't have done that without Asmuk's expertise. So because as we all know, you need so much equipment. And... Um, yeah, and I think it was great that I could partake uh, in the show with Hasmuk, the two of us working together. So it's been a wonderful experience and a privilege, actually. Took us 46 years to get to that point. <laughs> and we're happy. We're happy you stuck with us. Shannon? <laughs> I was going to say, I really feel like everyone that was on the cooking show has been in my kitchen. And and. There would be no difference if Demiante, if you walked in my kitchen right now, I'd, you know, give you a big hug and say, you know, welcome back. And I feel like that I really got to uh, meet you. And, you know, you were on a big monitor, you know, in front of my stove. Um, but it really felt like you were there and you were halfway across the world. And go yeah. ahead, Alex. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I had such a great time doing it. And I learned a lot about how to cook. And it opened my eyes to... What's funny is, is that I really learned that I like vegetarian cooking a lot. So, so I was like, I don't need all that meat. Um, you know, and and I think that, you know, because I was learning that I could really have it be something great. And, and I could learn from someone from the other side of the world. And this gets back to what I was talking about, where you watch, you ask questions, and then you do. And in this case, we just started doing and asking questions and just trying to, you know, keep one arm above the other one. But I think that... There was something about, I mean, I just think it's really powerful. There's something very uh, primal and, ev and elemental about cooking. And the fact that we were doing that over an advanced platform was really interesting to me that, that we could be, you know, having this thing that is one of the most important things we learn how to do, which is make, you know, feed ourselves and, and then learning how to do it in an excellent way with, with and you know, and, and Demianti is amazing and, and Madeline, you know, did had an amazing show and, and they were very different styles. So Madeline is, you know, you know, highly scripted and crazy and all this other stuff. And Demiantes was, we're just kind of, we're all doing it together, you know, and it's, and it's well organized. And, and I, and I, and I like both of them for different, different reasons, but I, but I really felt like between that, I don't know if we're going to talk about it in the future, but the raspberry pie, but the idea that we're all going to do things together online over zoom just, and I, I really felt like we we're something was popping open, you know, uh, and that, that we're going to probably come back to of this idea that we're all going to explore things together on, you know, in this, in this environment and we're figuring it out. And I, and I will say that I do think that we are, you know, we're just this little seed of what's possible inside of zoom or, or, or other things where, you know, but the thing is, is that if you got a bunch of cooks together, it'd be very hard for the cooks to all figure out how to do this thing over zoom. But if you get people who are interested in cooking that are in our group, we already know the media part. <laughs> so I think you're going to see more communities like office hours springing and maybe it's in office hours, but springing out from this that are people who understand media, but then have these other interests like cooking or like rockets or like other things where, where it goes off and it becomes a much more 
you know, and our job in a lot of ways is to figure out how to do it and then share that so that those communities can build up around it. But let's go to the comments to see what our community is saying. Absolutely. Let me get my mouse over to the right place. And uh, right now, Jason Bache is back in with watching the M1 Apple event with everyone in office hours was the first time I felt normal since COVID started. By the end of the event, I realized it was the best community I'd ever watched an Apple event with. Jesse Mills in saying OH space event and crew was quite exceptional. Next time, could we get a live streaming cam into space on a satellite? Put that on the list of to-dos. Uh, Peter Moore up next saying, the cooking shows were awesome. For me, I was there even though I'm down in New Zealand. And Tim McCullough says, it was a lesson in how to do in lots of interesting and productive ways. Plus, they got me back in my own kitchen. Let's get into these questions. All right. The next thing comes up from Josh Kaufman in Pittsburgh. What effect has the cooking shows had on the office hours trajectory? Has McIndemonti? I think we've covered most of it. I th I think it was, uh, you know, Alex, uh, or in office hours, they say buy once, cry once. And that's essentially what happened, you know. Uh, I remember Alex being on Mac Break Weekly and he's explaining the cooking show. And he's explaining, oh, that's uh, her husband. He's using a 6K camera and he's got two of them. And, and, and I think they were just mesmerized that we were investing so much in, in the production. And I think that's a lesson learned in terms of if you do something, do it well. Uh, and and uh, also it, it, it helped office hours with the doing the Raspberry Pi. Those are the two things that kicked off this collaborative shows that we began to do together. I think the Madina Kitchen was the catalyst, and then we went into Raspberry Pi and the cooking. So I, I, I learned a lot. Damianti learned a lot. She loves teaching, and she was very happy, if I may say so, on her, her behalf, teaching in office hours the, the cooking. Alex? I think I, I I I raised my hand for both of these, <laughs> so I already said my I already said my piece. John Endelson. Well, you know I have a great affection for office hours, but uh, way too man's heart is through his stomach. So I have to thank Guy uh, Cochran and and Sky for letting me do jambalaya. But the most important thing that happened was my wife got involved and. I was the cook on that first show, and she said, we're not going to let this happen ever again. And so she cooked for the rest of the shows. And now we have a remodeled kitchen, and there'll be more shows coming out of our kitchen. I think that's probably, I don't know about the trajectory for office hours, but I sure knew the trajectory it did for me here in Monterey. <gasps> Wonderful. Carmi. The thing for me was... Um... I think the cooking shows really gave us the idea that we could do something completely unrelated to all the technology stuff that we've been doing. So really up until that point, office hours would have been like, how do I figure out how to connect a microphone to my Mac or how do I do these things? And this was a completely different experience. And once we did that, it's like, oh, well, there are a million other completely different experiences we can do, and we can also do in this community, and we can do it in a way that we hadn't really thought about before. And I think that was the, the big thing. It's like, it, we did it, and it actually worked. And we figured out how to do it better 
And then, as Hosmick said, the Raspberry Pi thing and the stuff with uh, Nick Justison and all of the other things that sort of came out of it, but started with this idea, look, we actually can really do this thing that's not just technology. That was it for me. And Sky. I just want to make sure to say thank you to so many people, but I am going to represent that they're going to rep- represent a lot of people as JJ. You are you're a hero beyond, beyond, beyond belief to so many humans. And Mickey, you are you are a stellar uh, friend and and technician. And there again, you please represent so many others that have also brought in. And I, I want to make sure to thank Josh. If we're thanking anybody right now, this experience here is happening because of his energies. So many, many more people to thank. Well, thank you to our second hour panelists for sharing all those stories and all of those highlights. And as we get ready to get into this next video with a surprise from the remotes. bunch of new friends they really are quite cool but now I have a problem and I don't know what to do my credit card is maxed and my piggy bank is dry I've had to get a second job and here's the reason why month of OH, the panel said I need an ATEM in the extreme. In the second month of OH, the panel said I need a Heil PR40 and an ATEM in the extreme. In the third month of OH, the panel said I need a Black Magic 6K Heil PR40 and an ATEM in the extreme. In the fourth month of OH, the panel said I need a newer lighting panel. Black Magic 6K Heil PR40 and an ATEM Mini Extreme. In the fifth month of OH, my true love said to me, Stop buying things! I got a newer lighting panel, Pocket 6K Heil PR40 and an ATEM Mini in the sixth month of OH, the panel said I need an Elgato Stream Deck. Stop buying things! I got a newer lighting panel, Pocket 6K, Heil VR40, and an ATEMNES Stream. Seventh month of always the panel said I need an M1 Mac Mini Elgato Stream Deck. Stop buying these. I got a newer lighting panel, Pocket 6K, ILP R40, and an ATEM Mini Extreme. 
the eighth month of which the panel said I need a mix pre-recorder M1 Mac Mini Elgato Stream Deck Stop buying things I got a newer lighting panel Pocket 6K Heil VR40 And an ATEM Mini Xtreme In the ninth month of all which the panel said I need a welcome to Lestrator Mix pre-recorder M1 Mac Mini Elgato Stream Deck Stop buying things I got a newer lighting panel Pocket 6K I'll be our 40 and an 8 and Mini Xtreme The tenth month of OH, the panel said I need a VMix 4K license. Welcome to Illustrator Mix Pre-Recorder M1 Mac Mini Elgato Stream Deck. Stop buying things! I got a newer lighting panel, Pocket 6K, high LPR 40, and an A10 Mini The panel said I need a BM Deck Link Duo VMix 4K license Welcome to Illustrator Mix Pre-Recorder M1 Mac Mini Elgato Stream Deck Stop buying things I got a newer lighting panel Pocket 6K Heil VR40 And an ATEM Mini Extreme Oh, that's 11 months. That's almost a year, you know. That sounds like a really good purchase. <laughs> one more. Just one more, man. In the 12th month of OH, the panel said I need to watch the Apple Keynote. Upgrade. VM TechLink Duo. Upgrade. VMix 4K license. Upgrade. Welcome to Illustrator. Upgrade. VMix Pre-Recorder. Upgrade. M1 Mac Mini. Upgrade. Elgato Stream Deck. Upgrade. buying things. I got a newer lighting panel. Pocket 6K. High I'm broke. That was absolutely awesome. <laughs> Brilliant. Like, can we just give it up for the remotes? Thank you so, so much. And as we are now into our third panel for the celebration of a thousand episodes, I want to wel welcome my new anchor, Mitchell Hill. Hey, Mitchell, how have you been enjoying this? This has been fantastic. It's uh, it's like watching the Academy Awards uh, on steroids. But to see everybody here with great things to say, I don't think I could add anything to it other than to simply say, enjoy and happy happy holidays. Wonderful, and we have a special guest with us here. Well, she's been a part of the community for a long time, but Daria Must, Daria, it is wonderful to see you, and I think you've got a treat for us, right? 
We do. Um, I'm so happy to be here with you guys, uh, with Ram. And it's been such an honor to be an, like an honorary member of this community for a long time. We are so, so honored to be a part of it. And we adore Alex Lindsay and this merry band of awesome people that we get to know um, all over the world because of this incredible show and this amazing thing that he did. So we wanted to do a little something special for all of you, but especially for our friend Alex. Um, we love you, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Um, should we do it? Sure. Yeah. Go? Okay. <laughs> oh, did you turn the original sound on? I did. <laughs> Here we go. Yep. Three. So for 
for those of you who don't know, that's the band Live, and Alex has history with them, and so we, we asked around. We were like, what would mean a lot to him? So we hope you liked it's it, great. and we it's love fantastic. you so much, man. Yeah, love you. <laughs> love, love, Thank you so it's much, Daria. That was tough so to follow the, the remote song, too. Yikes. Like, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> and it, look at that. Music has played so much. Music, audio, sound has played so much a part of what we do here at Office Hours. And just the community and connection is like none other. And mixing technology, music, and virtual events together, the remotes have shown us recently what they can do with it all. And I would like to welcome Victor and Brian and Greg to feel free to raise your hands and to share just the experience of the events. And actually, you know what, we'll start with you, Alex. Yeah, you know, I think that one of the things that's so important that I that I was amazed at when when people said they were going to put together a, a we're going to put together a, a band I was like oh, we'll see how this goes <laughs> like, like I was like this is going to be really hard to do well and I I was I was just like you know but I you know and one thing I continually happens with office hours is I approach things and I see, someone says I'm just going to do something and I'm going to go I don't know if that's going to work but I'm just going to get out of the way. Like, I'm just going to like, let it just do its thing and just see how people, you know, do whatever. But I'm not, I've learned to trust the the community in the sense that I'm just going to let people figure it out. And I was just amazed, you know, every single time the remotes put together a song, I, I went from being like, like a little concerned in the first one of like, let's just see how this goes. I didn't, I didn't hear it until it came until we all heard it. And, um, and now I'm just excited. Like, I'm just excited to see what happens next. And I think that, that in addition to just being really entertaining and, and, and being very impressive, there's such an incredible power to people doing stuff together. And you see this in office hours over and over again, the amount of work that went into this show today, the incredible amount of work that goes into the remotes, the incredible amount of work that goes into the Tony Mobley show and the and the Belfast uh, method and, and all these other things. There's all these folks working together to make this happen. And I think it pulls us together. You know, it pulls that group together. It pulls all of us together as we start to continually have these community projects. And it's just really inspiring for me uh, every single day to see what, what people are doing. Go ahead, Victor. Hi, uh, congratulations to Office Hours. I, I'm so happy to be here. And uh, I think Alex is one mentioned somewhere along the way, one day we can have a band. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'll take that uh, charter on. And sure enough, you know, we just put the word out in Discord and all of a sudden, you know, the core members of the band, Greg, Brian, Jeffrey, Pete, uh, you know, I could go on. People just showed up and they just did their thing. And what the group does best is that it leverages talent to its maximum thing. You know, Brian is a great writer and a great arranger. So let's use him for that. Jeff Francis is a wonderful bass player and has endless resources in mixing. Same thing with Pete. So, and as you can tell by that last song, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We have fun with this thing, you know? And at first, you know, I was kind of playing project manager and, you know, herding cats and all that. And then it's just let it go. Let this thing be what it is. And uh, it's turned out to be an incredible experience for I think everybody involved, I'm so grateful to have made these new friends. Uh, Daria was kind enough to join us. I poked her right away and I said, come on over. And uh, you guys heard the result of that in song too. So I'm very proud to be a part of this group. And the same lessons that I learned in every facet of office hours are just applied to different um, art 
in this case, music, but it's the same principles. Be kind to each other, be accepting of differences. You know, all of those things is what makes uh, office hours great. And it's what makes the remotes uh, something that we just have fun doing. Uh, Jeffrey Power is a great contributor. So uh, thank you guys. Uh, and it's a, a pleasure to be here to talk about some of that. Jeff? So early on in the pandemic, we were all looking at ways to uh, ways to interact musically across the internet, and and so uh, talking about it on office hours, and then Victor and uh, Andy and I got together using uh, I think it was Jam Kazam or something like that, and tried having these you know in in time live jams across the across the internet, and it was horrible, um, but we had a good time, and and you know we bonded over music, and and the band grew and you know these are my friends you get in a band with people and they you become tight with them and so the office hours community i've got a lot of friends here and a lot of them are in the remotes band and uh someday we'll actually meet and play in person um it's gonna happen when what are these days soon brian you know the this this was so unexpected i mean the pandemic was obviously but then you know you became a part of office hours and I came in to learn about new ways to do media. And then all of a sudden this thing popped up and I had a life make doing music professionally that had ended 20 years ago. And so all of a sudden all of those things are coming back and I'm able to do the thing that I've loved again with this group of people in an absolutely unexpected way and going in directions you would never expect. So it's just been a hoot. So much fun. Jump in and expect the unexpected. Mitchell, what are our producers saying in the comments? Well, the uh, the comments uh, are extensive, and we encourage you to send them in there. Uh, we got one from Kenny Hampton and uh, some other folks that are being added as we speak. I just want to add my own, and that is music is at the heart of what we do here. And to see so much of this great music being exemplified, uh, it really, truly is what uh, Office Hours is back. Here's some other comments. Ari Block, he says, fab. Richard Lavery, Lavery says, I need a button to push that brings up Vienna saying, stop buying things. Uh, Peter Moore, Daria has been a legend since the G+. Mike Edwards, amazing. And George, the tech, everything about that was fantastic. Beautiful playing and production. All right, Mitchell, let's get into these questions. And we do have questions, and we do like to answer them. Uh, first one from Kirsten Osterkamp in Germany. Which new possibilities, which were unthinkable before, have become possible through office hours and the remotes? Jeffrey, you can get us started. Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of things that were happening even before the remotes, but the, the idea that we were putting oil and water together to make an actual song was 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 the big thing we were using zoom to go across as uh, as was said before we have not met each other we've never been in a studio together yet we all created our own parts using our own gear to bring it together and then of course get it mixed down uh, perfectly and then of course using uh, like i said zoom for not only the collaboration but also for uh, for putting some of the video uh, segments together, there was uh, there were you know uh, when Daria's song uh, uh, was this, our second song of 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 the remotes, we were all. Yeah, Bill was contacting us through Zoom. We were doing our video for there. He was telling us how to set up our lighting and, and stuff like that. So it was it's just a lot of culmination of, like I said, the oil and water to actually make something perfect. Go ahead, Alex. 
you know, with the cooking and with the remotes, you know, one of the things I always look at is that we're breaking new ground for a lot of people behind us. You know, there's other people that have been doing, doing remotes, but I have not seen anything, you know, that have done remote production, but I've not seen anything at the level that what, of, of what this team is doing and the level of detail and the level of what, what's being put together remotely. And, and so the remotes is a perfect name, <laughs> but I think that it opens up a door for you know, a lot of other things in the music, in music of being able to, um, how are we going to do this? And as we get better at it and as we figure out, oh, every, I, I get the impression when we talk about it, every song is learning from the last one. Let's not do that again. Let's make sure to do more of this. Let's do, you know, and, and as we continue to refine that, I think it really provides a whole new opportunity for, for musicians to collaborate. Jeff? So it's not just what we do that you see produced. Um, you know, we're meeting every week or every other week in a Zoom meeting, talking through these things. We're meeting with each other outside of that to build these these songs. And along the way, we throw out lots of things. I mean, Victor came in early on as, as sort of our leader and he came, you know, serve the music has always been our mantra. Uh, and it became uh, along the way, uh, the only thing above that what was, you know, your family first, because people have things that pop up in their lives and, you know, there's no pressure from the rest of the group, like, you know, to meet deadlines. Deadlines can slip because other things are more important. It's got to be fun and it's got to be creative and it's got to serve the music. And along the way, we've we've gone off on, on various tangents. We've delved into, you know, terrible uh, things that we threw out. You know, we've headed down very strange lanes musically and uh, we've come back. And along the way, we also, you know, someone comes into a meeting where we're going to talk about music and they're like, uh, I have this Pro Tools problem or I have this Zoom problem that I'm trying to like work out. And all of a sudden we, we diverge and we're spending 45 minutes helping someone troubleshoot something because these are our colleagues, these are our friends, these are our bandmates, these are our people. So we're going to help them out. Go ahead, Victor. Just in addition to that, the serendipity that comes from watching someone like Pete, you know, mix and and cut and and do, do the the vocal comping. Uh, same thing with Brian. Same thing with Greg. Watching them do that on the in the background, it's just an incredible learning. When else am I going to get a chance to sit with someone you know like Pete who does this for a living and watch what he does and watch what plugins he uses? I mean, we go deep when we do the second hour, but trust me, we go deeper as we're writing the songs, and it's a pleasure to watch these uh, gentlemen and ladies do what they do best, uh, and they are really a talented bunch of people. Talented you all are. Next question. From Yeshua in Antigua and Barbuda, um, asking, awesome music from the remotes. Will it be released on YouTube or other platform where I can put it on a loop? Go ahead, Brian. Can't hear you, You're on mute. Yeah. I see all of that. Oh, yes, all there that excitement and response. Oh, I'm very excited, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, we will find a home for it. We will put it out there somewhere. The um, This got done so close to the deadline that it just made it into the, the back end of OH. So we'll find a home and we'll put it out somewhere. And there is a remote page, a uh, page for the remotes on the officehours.global website. And I'm sure it'll land there eventually. Wonderful. Jeff? 
I just want to give a public shout out to uh, to Brian for that uh, video editing on that song. I mean, he did you know arrangements, he did the and wrote the whole intro, um, but the video edit was just you know this is the first time because he's been literally cutting this up to the last moment, um, working I can't imagine how many hours, but but boy, just amazing job. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for everything you give. Next question. Next question is coming in from. I don't have another question just now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, well, we're working is, on it. This is a great opportunity for us to go into Super Saturday, one of the uh, a culmination of all of these various events that we have on Office Hours. This year, the shortest Saturday of the year brings a long day with a difference. Super Saturday! The 18th of December will be a day of live broadcasts from Office Hours members around the world. The day starts at 7am Pacific Standard Time with an hour of live Q&A from Office Hours immediately followed by the Education Hour available only on Zoom. Then, at 11am, Shannon Cooper hosts the Office Hours Cooking Show where she, Alex Lindsay and Dennis Champion-Walker cook along with Damian Tigaja who will be making Mexican rice. At midday, Todd Reynolds brings us a live concert from his studio in North Adams, Massachusetts. Then, at 1pm, we cross to the Accidental Theatre in Belfast for an hour of entertainment in The Belfast Method. And at 2pm, we bring you a special edition of Conversations with Tony Mobley featuring Todd Reynolds, Hasmuk Gajar and Richard Lavery. And that's your Super Saturday lineup here on Office Hours. OH has given the community many opportunities for us to collaborate remotely. And now we're going to hear from some of those stories like the Belfast Method, the conversations with Tony Mobley, Birding with Lois, and Super Saturday. Welcome, panel. And I'm so excited to get into just the evolution of all of these OH productions. And you know what, Lois? Let's start with you. (laughs) Oh, right. I would love to start. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm Lois Richter. And I did, I, when everyone was starting at the beginning of the first hour, and they were talking about how we got here, I never heard of Alex Lindsay before. <laughs> I, I got here through the Zoom test kitchen, because when the pandemic hit, I had to learn about Zoom, which I'd never heard of before, and then try to teach my community how to do it. And that's how I got on office hours. And I'm an artist. I'm a, a radio show host. I'm not a techie. And yet I ended up on the panel and it was wonderful. A year ago, December of 2021, I came on after hours and I said, I've been doing this slideshow for several years now here at the local arboretum and we can't do it in person anymore. So I'm going to do it on Zoom. Anybody have suggestions as how to, you know, jazz it up a little bit? Next thing I know, there's probably 50 people going, yeah, we can do a birding project. And we're going to have all this stuff. We're going to recreate office hours, but it'll be about birds. And it was so exciting. And and everything just, well, they took off with it. And I just sort of got carried along on the wave. It's now been a year. We've had the show in production since April. We've got about 10 of them uh, archived. By the way, you can go to birdingwithlois.global to see all of those things. And and here we are. 
it has it it's it's astonishing what this community will do so we didn't exist when super saturday came on but i hope we'll be up for the next one wonderful john jim Sure. Yeah. So I came in uh, to the community, as many uh, did, looking to learn. Uh, I had uh, was going through a, a career change. My my last gig uh, was acquired by a public company, and so I was looking to uh, find something new to stick my teeth into. And uh, got the opportunity to just uh, get involved in so many incredible uh, events uh, with uh, 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 Todd Reynolds. Uh, where I really got to spend a lot of time uh, uh, helping with uh, these these kind of complex shows and learning so much. But what I didn't realize was what was going to come out that would be most valuable to me, which were the friendships. And everybody is saying this over and over again. You don't think that you're going to establish a friendship, uh, you know, virtually, you know, across the ponds and and, and all over the world. And I, I think truly. Uh, that that's the greatest uh, gift that's been given that Alex has has provided to all of us is the uh, the facilitating the ability to make friendships far and wide, uh, reaching all over the world. So, Alex, thank you very much for that. Hello. Hi. Uh, um, thank you for letting me be on the panel today. I really uh, appreciate every single person in this community, and I and I um, am so happy to have been able to be part of a lot of different things in this community, including, you know, the, the Todd Reynolds experience and conversations with Tony Mobley. Uh, I made an attempt to be part of the remotes that fizzled a little bit. That's okay. And, um, and then, um, and then, uh, um, and then I'm I'm working a lot on the back end of of the show and and find that to be incredibly rewarding and fascinating and, and interesting. And, um, and, and so, yes, you know, the we say it's a tech show, but I think it might be a people show. Um, and and Don't I, tell you know, secret. And 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 one of the first uh, moments that I realized that was when we were working on a Raspberry Pi to set up a playout B that Jonas was helping us with, <laughs> and um, and I saw that. Um, we did not allow anybody to to not complete that project that day and it was really really great and and actually tony mobley was working on on that and we worked together on that and then he was also trying to get zumo sc working and i helped him with that and a friendship blossomed that i i i was very excited about and then uh at some point and i'll let tony talk to the the beginnings of conversations with Tony Mobley more, but at some point it was like, well, we should do something. And and so Tony and I don't really talk about the tech of conversations in to with Tony Mobley as much as we do about what we're talking about and how and 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 the process of hosting and 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 you know it's it's very it's very interesting that that's tech too in some ways is how to produce a show in a way that um, grows and and thinking about essentially being a, an advocate for the audience as a host and an advocate for the audience as a producer by listening and understanding what where where those things go. 
I'm not going to keep droning on here, but thank you, Tony, for uh, uh, the ability to work with you on that. It has been a great pleasure. And um, and also Todd Reynolds, I wish uh, we were doing more work on the Todd Reynolds experience. I'm sure we will circle back. Let's do it. And what a great segue and intro for you, Tony, to tell us more about conversations with Tony Mobley. Well, I, I can't, unfortunately, let me say thank you to Clalock, my friend, but I can't start with conversation with Tony Mobley. I have to start with office hours. And the reason I have to start with office hours is because my journey to to participate in office hours was an outgrowth of helping a small congregation in Macon, Georgia, be able to continue their worship services during the beginning of the pandemic. And they were struggling to try to figure it out. And so I came into office hours ill-equipped, ill-prepared to participate. But I was welcomed by Alex Lindsay and this community. And I continue to be supported by Mike Andrews, even when I felt as though I was not worthy to, to participate. And as I continue to be able to help that small congregation to, to worship and to worship, to continue to improve, then came uh, office hours. And so, I mean, uh, then came conversation with Tony Mobley. So uh, what happened was that I was so excited about all of the wonderful things that Office Hours was helping me learn. I, we had family, my, there are seven of us, seven Mobley children, and we would have Sunday meetings every single, and we continue to have Sunday Zoom meetings every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I would tell them over and over again all of the wonderful things that I was learning in office hours and how they should share it with their family and friends and their and their children and their grandchildren. And my brothers, a couple of them said, look, this is nice but you need to be sharing this with a larger audience than just, just us. And so I, I decided that uh, after a lot of conversation with Clylock and Guy Cochran and Ken Jordan and so many others that I would, I would start conversation with Tony Mobley. And so we started conversation with Tony Mobley with a Zoom room, a pile mic cam uh, microphone, and I think I had. Uh, I was originally using a 2012 MacBook Pro as my computer and my camera, and that was it. And it was awful. It was terrible. It was really horrible. And but. Growing and participating in the community um, didn't have a lot of resources, but I used the resources that I had and I kept when I could. I would spend this and spend that. And then members of the community made the decision 
that at different points they wanted to donate to me to get better. And that is really how we begin to get, get better. And so I am, I am an example of how you can, I, I want to say I am an example of how you can take a little bit, push through, and just continue to get better, even when you don't have everything that you need. And I want to say to the community and Alex in particular, thank you for putting up with me as I continue to try to get better. Now, I, I, I do want to say this. I, there are so many thank yous. There are so many people that need to be thanked in terms, and I can't name all of them. And I, I realized today as I was processing everything that was going on, that it is impossible for me to thank everyone without thanking the community because there are names that I can name, but I will not, I will leave someone out if I even attempt to try to name some name people. So I'm not going to try to do that. I'm just going to say, thank you, community. Thank you so much. So we have had 77 actual episodes of conversations with Tony Mobley that have been completed. We have had views of 4,000. We have had views of 50. And we have had everything in between. And I will say that the most impactful thing for me about this is that, as Alex has shared on multiple occasions, that it's not about the views as it is about the amount of time that people continue to participate in the conversation. And so that is what is so meaningful and helpful to me in terms of continuing to, to, to push along with this. And we are, we are excited and thankful. And there, there are so many things, thanks mm -hmm. that are needed. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to stop talking. I, I, I just you. want to say thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Tony. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. And thank you, um, Lois and Richard, for showing us what is possible with an idea and also with community. And, and Richard, I'll give you the floor. Yeah, and just I'll happily echo everything that Lois and Jim and uh, Tlaloc and, and Tony have said, uh, except Tony, um, uh, sir, you know, uh, we're not putting up with you, sir. Um, you're coming with an amazing amount of energy to constantly be pushing forward and creating new questions and new ways for us to all think about it. So don't don't think about it like we're putting up with you. Um, though having, having said that, thanks for the entire community for putting up with me. So, you know, just we'll echo that as well. Um, the, what's really lovely about the community events is, is that they are kind of the, the proof of the pudding of what office ours is for me. You know, we, we come with questions and then those questions lead into us thinking about, well, how can we create something out of this? Well, how can we work together? You know, it, it feels like, you know, there were certain milestones along the office hours journey from, you know, Alex's first, uh, first you know, call out and the, the first Zoom meetings into, you know, when the Discord was set up and how that expanded the community well beyond the, the, the Zoom meeting and then things like 2.0 and so forth where 
you know, the people are, it, it's not as obvious and we'll talk about this in a second, but you know, this is the panel is one side of the show. And then there's this whole other side, this whole other community that's supporting the, the show. Then there's a whole other community of the audience and how they all connect together is, is just wonderful. And the community events are again, another one of those milestones, Mad in the Kitchen, you know, inspired, uh, you know, uh, inspired me about what we could do with the Belfast Method, Victor's show uh, with, with uh, Sunday Snacks Jam and how that inspired, you know, Andy and the, the, the whole uh, creation of 2.0 you know all these little things have built up through the the effort and the the creativity and the energy of of a, of a community of people who've said well I've now got this tool what can I do with it what can I do with this hammer um you know what what can I you know, what what can I build uh, and that's such an exciting thing the community events are such a part of that and that's why Super Saturday last year was such a really exciting thing because you know we have all these different events and let's Let's put that into into practice in a different way. Let's kind of bring those together, these disparate parts that are part of a larger satellite. Let's bring them together and make one show. Uh, and it was a really exciting thing to start to get to work with whole other people. So uh, we say this all the time to the whole community is, you know, uh, if, if you haven't got the time and, or haven't got the inclination to, to get involved, there's so many different ways to get involved. Um, whether you think that you've got skills in calling shows or no skills at all. We are a community of very, very giving, very, very open people. uh, And that is showing every single day, you know, Office Hours itself is the biggest of the community events, uh, you could say, uh, because of the way it's run in very similar ways to all the other community events. So it's just such an exciting uh, group to, to continue to be a part of because it is always something new and something different all the time. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, for the last 20 years, anybody asked me, like, how do I get better? I'm like, find some, find some people to work with. <laughs> like, don't do it by yourself. It's so easy to build, try to, like, I'm going to get better at this or I'm going to get better at that. And you, you can study a bunch of things online and you can try to do it on your own and everything else. But there is nothing like working, working on a project with other people. Like, that is how, that is the, the fastest way to grow in anything. And especially when you take on something that's hard. You know, like, you know, it's, it, there was, when I was at ILM, anytime someone said, well, that, yeah, that's going to take a lot of time or whatever, I said, well, I, I, people would always respond, well, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. <laughs> you know, so, so the thing is, is that, uh, you know, you want to look at hard things and then find great people. And what we've been fortunate enough to do is attract a lot of great people, you know, and, and you just see these different community events, whether it's, you know, birding with Lois or, or whether it's the remotes or, or conversation with Tony Mobley, the Belfast method, all these projects then Victor, you know, breaking new ground. I mean, literally like almost all the music stuff all started with Victor figuring out how to get this all working remotely and, and, you know, just the little bits and pieces of that. And that's really the, that was really the, um, you know, patient zero of a lot of the things that we did and um, or, or that we've done up until now and that we continue to do. And it's allowing all of us to learn vicariously. You know, so we're all learning from what all everyone else is doing. And that knowledge isn't just us talking about it because one of the most dangerous forms of knowledge is theoretical knowledge. You know, it's thinking that you know something that you haven't actually done. And, and so when we have people out there doing stuff and then coming back to us and answering our questions and giving us breakdowns of the behind the scenes. Because that's that, what I love about these shows is that for a lot of these shows, inclu- you know, you can sit there behind the scenes and watch the whole show get done. And you never get to see that. <laughs> you see the show, but the remotes come and they say, okay, well, here's a great song. And here's what it took to build that song. And here's what it took. And that's injecting all this knowledge 
back into the group um, that that we have, and that that then other people are going to get other ideas of how to do things. And so, and finally, it is this is the this is not only the best way to learn, but it's the best way to network. You know, the best way to build a community around either that you have. That oh, I know who to call about that. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. You know, I know who to go to because you worked with them. You're in the trenches with them, and that's the thing that that you know you don't know anybody until until you've done a project with them. <laughs> like you don't really know them until you've done a project with them. That's when you start to know who you know who's who and and what they're up to. And Daria, and to say you are part of this community, because I remember we've had some chats and when you'd show up on Thursdays and share, you are part of this community. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I just wanted to jump in and say, you know, as someone who who does like pop in and out and I'm always watching you guys from afar. I want to encourage other people who might not consider themselves like fit to be a part of like the core community. Like sometimes I'd think, oh, I don't know if I'm techie enough or something like that. But being a part of this community and knowing I always have someone that I can lean on if there's a question that I have about something tech, about something, how do we pull off something we're wanting to do? I can always open the Discord. I can jump into after hours. I can hang out with any of you guys. And that has been so invaluable and so fun. And then to jump into the different projects. And so if anyone's watching who's been like kind of waiting on the sidelines, I just wanted to jump in and say, like the water's warm. All these people are so sweet and so kind. And it's so much fun to be friends with all these people from all over the world. And we all have such different skills. And, you know, whenever I felt like a tiny bit useful, it's like always so exciting for me. <laughs> so it was really fun when Josh asked me if I wanted to do something for this today. I was like, like, okay, I'm going to try to make Alex cry. I don't know if I got close. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just, it's been beautiful. And like, I, you know, got to jam with the remotes and I got to be on the Tony Mobley show, which I have to say was like one of the most fun <laughs> interview situations we've ever had in Tony. And I know we have jokes from behind the scenes, but I just looked at my calendar because I was like, aren't I going to be back on the Tony Mobley show? And I am. So a little soft plug for Tony there. I'm going to be on the Tony Mobley show January 18th. So I'm excited to come back. But um, yeah, so just for all the like artists and slightly like the creatives and people who might think that they're, you know, not quite up to par with all the tech all the time these guys will get you up to par, which is so cool. And then if there's anything you're dreaming of doing, there's like somebody here who knows how to do it. So I just think that's really amazing. And thank you guys for building this world that we all get to come and visit. And I'm, I'm very happy to have a, a passport to be able to visit when I, wherever I want. Um, and this guy, thanks for playing with me and for being here. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. All right. We love you guys. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> we love you too, Daria. I like that idea. Passport through office hours and just yeah, our get, global. Like, my visa. Yeah, I get it stamped. <laughs> each each production that we sh we show up and support. And Mitchell, the comments, because we are, we're getting close to, to that time. Well, Liberty, uh, they've been rolling in, and uh, we thank all of you for uh, making comments and saying congratulations. Certainly, uh, Bring them. We love it. Uh, first in is Chris Clark. The remotes are the wrecking crew of the 21st century. And if you know the wrecking crew, that was the group that uh, did most of the backings for most of the songs from the 60s. So they truly are. Al Trivet, the remotes are awesome. What a clever, delightful video. I'll be humming this the rest of the day. Shannon, Super Saturday was so much fun. Douglas Carmichael, I enjoyed the Belfast method shows. I mixed and cut. Participating in them got me through 2020. And uh, Tim McCulloch says, Tony is a deployer of technology, but a motivator of people. Watching his growth has been especially gratifying. 
Let's get into the comments or let's get into the questions, I should say. Questions coming in is uh, Kirsten Osterkamp from Germany. What possibilities will open up when global crews across time zones are co-creating further community productions? Richard? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's there's a huge amount of possibilities, but I'll, I'll narrow in on one, uh, match one thing in that, that question, which is time zones. The thing that we haven't got to yet uh, in, in, in our work in, in Belfast uh, is exploring how to produce work in different time zones around the world and exploring that with a global crew. And that's such an interesting, exciting area, I think, for office hours, for our team, for our community, because we can create such a diverse amount of work in so many different places all remotely, all connected through different systems. So in 2023, 2024, I think that's some of the things that I'm hoping to look at is the idea of this global crew as it hands over, you know, Kilo show today, you've seen how the panel has changed R by R, and that's a huge amount of work from the team behind the, behind the scenes. And that's so doable on so many different time zones and across so many different places. It, that's a really exciting uh, aspect of having such a global crew and global community. Halak? Yeah, so I, I don't know if I understood the questions perfect, question perfectly, but for me, you know, as you all know, I travel around and work in theaters uh, all over the place, and you kind of never know where I'm going to be. Um, I almost dressed in a Where's Waldo costume, but I thought that might be a little over the top. But um, uh, I find it to be really interesting how this group and, you know, being on Unity Comms every morning for the show has adjusted my way of being in the in the physical theaters and so um it's adjusted how i am on comms it's adjusted how i how i think about where the limitations of the walls of the space that i'm in are um and it is it is also adjusted you know just how how present physically i need to be to be part of a project and i think um what i see when i see this question is the future, I think, holds a shifting, a paradigm shift in the way we think about performance, in the way we think about um, crew and talent and uh, skill when it comes to these buildings that we that we that I work in, these theater theater buildings, so that I can kind of draw in talent and skill from all over the place to this one building and 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 kind of elevate what I'm working in at that particular moment. And and that um I don't know exactly how to do it, although I think I've done some of it. It you know, <laughs> but I I'm excited about that and I think there's I think there's we're on the precipice. Go ahead, Jeffrey. Think about all this, all the events that we we're talking about now with the remotes, with uh, with uh, Tony Mobley, with all all of this. It all started in a office hours or after hours room. A whole bunch of people that never really met themselves, met each other. They're going, hey, you know, I have this idea, and somebody goes, I love that idea. Let me let me uh, jump in on it, and then all of a sudden you're collaborating on something that you didn't think that you were going to do before, and then you get in a room with a whole bunch of other people that are collaborating, and you could talk to the, you could be talking back and forth to those people, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, I got this idea, and we could do this spinoff show, and then go from there. It's it's just amazing what's happening, just traversing the planet. Like for instance, when I was at NAB, I learned that LucidLink. That movies like Avatar and stuff like that, they're, they're actually being uh, transcoded across the globe 
in, instead of one area. And it's just, it's just crazy what, uh, if you, if you put your mind into that mindset, it's just crazy what you can figure out that you could do. And maybe somebody right now, two people are conspiring to start a new show in this panel right here. It's possible. And Alex. Yeah. I mean, I think that the thing that has really been um, pretty amazing is just really thinking about a lot of things that were a little bit of a stretch before are now just like normal, <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, we can just do that, you know, and, and people are are cutting that. And, and as we keep on doing more and more of these events and as we keep on doing them, like I, I just, we were doing a test and a bunch of us just got together and, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to, you know, we're going to, we have this little test stage that we were using for a while. And if you look at this, so this is a test stage. This is the test stage. So what, what was getting mixed here? And I felt like this was a, a beginning of the future is the, that lighting was being run by Tlaloc somewhere. I don't even know where he was, but he was running all that lighting. Like it's all being animated. All that stuff's happening. It was all designed by him. It was put together and he logs in and is looking, watching it over Zoom and running this lighting. Um, the audio is being patched and managed by Mickey in the Philippines, you know, and um, and there and then there were people that just showed up to, you know, be run the cameras and there were other, you know, there was a lot of, and, you know, the networking, all this stuff was getting put together. Um, we got to a point where we had, like, for instance, a good example here is that we had um, Marcia, um, Marcia Kerrigan is, you know, this incredible um, uh, technical director that has shot tons and tons of concerts and where, where people are watching behind the scenes and letting and hearing probably one of the best people in the world do what she does, you know, best. So we're all learning from her and we're all doing it. And it wasn't that big of a lift. <laughs> like, you know, you know, like it wasn't this huge lift because we've, we've been getting good at it. And as we keep on getting better at doing these, the only way to get better at doing it is to do them. You know, and and the, you know we're going to look back on the stuff we've done over this first couple of years and two years, or th when we get to the two thousandth show or whatever, and we're going to be doing some crazy stuff. I I just know it, you know, because I know that we keep on accelerating, and we keep on you know attracting folks. But but I think that the idea that what seemed impossible or crazy two years ago is now kind of run of the mill, and and that stage that you saw there, that was that was inspired by the the Belfast method with with working with Richard, which was inspired by Victor trying to figure out how someone could could run his shows remotely. So you can see that progression of, you know, someone trying to figure something out and then someone else taking it a little bit further. And then and then we have a stage. <laughs> you know? And and I think that uh and I think that those are the kind of things that we're gonna keep on that are gonna keep on happening as we just keep scaling up. One person's gonna start scratching at something and then people are gonna, you know, well, let me bring another <laughs> hammer to that or or another pick and we'll start cutting through it. And before you know it, we're doing something pretty big. And I think that we're just gonna you're gonna see that happen over and over again. And it's gonna keep on happening in at a larger scale constantly over the next couple of years. And Tony. Yeah, I just wanted to add, you know, houses of worship, this is a way in which you can remove the walls and you can share your worship experience throughout the world. It doesn't matter what size you are. It matters of the, the matter is what do you want to do and how you want to share it. And this is a great way to do it. Spoken artists, musicians, artisans of any type this is going to be a way that you can have that small um club experience but have a larger audience that's where we that's where we're going 
Thank you, Tony. And as we now get into taking a look at the behind the scenes of Office Hours, how did we even get to a thousand episodes celebrating the people who make this happen daily? And I'd like to bring Richard Lavery and Talak Lopez-Waterman to talk to us about how, how is this even possible? Go ahead, Richard. Oh, okay. I'll go first. Sure. Um, so I'll look, uh, um, and I just, uh, we have a brief chat about what we might have a look at um, uh, today. So we've got a huge amount of people that we want to thank, including some some unsung heroes who who have kind of gone, uh, uh, who've been such a part of the, the career and contributed in such a great way that um, we want to just kind of try and give a mention out. But as Tony says, as soon as you start mentioning people, there's always someone that you can't quite list because it's a very, very long list um, because it's such a fantastic team that have been building this over the years. So um, we have a couple of images that, that from the behind the scenes. I don't know, Tulalok, shall we, shall we, do you want to have a look at those or do, shall we uh, just uh, riff for a wee while first? Yeah, I mean, I think um, we should we should we can take a look at those images. Um, but I, I, I do want to jump in and say, you know, there are... Um, a, a bunch of people that work on this, some of them daily, some of them uh, off and on, others um, just right when it's needed. Like, you know, oh, we don't know how to do this one thing, and they just come in and help. It is it is really, really incredible. And um, and the way, and you, there was a theme in this hour. I don't know if you noticed it, but that this is a scaffolding mentality. Like, you do one thing, and then it gets built on, and 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 and that I just realized that that happens in this case too. We have one of our most uh, cherished unsung heroes, I think, is Juan Robles, and he um, he is an incredible programmer, and and I learned that because I needed some help with some Python, um, Python, yeah, Python that I, that I, this little script that I use for my work for lighting design. And I was trying to make it grow a little bit and have it do a couple extra things that I didn't know what I was doing. And he took an hour with me and broke it apart down to the little the little building blocks and then built it back up for me. Uh, I had to work my I had to really pull my my Spanish out of out of out of the clo- out of the closet, but it worked. Um, and uh, <laughs> and and we. Um, and I was just blown away by his thinking process. How does he think about something? And he thinks about something by building it up from the beginning and understanding how every part of it works. And then that way he can have this larger sense of it. And I want to just say right now uh, that that may not make sense, but I appreciate that thought process so much and it's taught me so much and we thank you we thank you we thank you juan so maybe we can show some images of um what the patch looks like today (laughs) uh uh that that juan has has done some major rework on and one of the things that he did is he he looked at the way the information was coming from zoom from zoom iso um, and from Mukana, and made that that the combination of those bits of data to be more robust, so that there was a way for 
at any given moment, the patch to know who which panels panelists were there, what their names were for Mukana, and the process of re-syncing that data when things change sped up a lot. I think there's more speed in our future. But, you know, these are the building blocks and these are the bits and pieces of the scaffolding that we work with. So thank you all very much. And we're going to talk about more unsung heroes, but I wanted to start with Juan because he, he, you know, he's also working on the, um, the app, the, the, uh, the uh, office hours app, which I think uh, people will enjoy very so soon cool. as well. Yeah. yeah. So um, any thoughts, Richard? Yeah, certainly. I mean, the the complexity of um, of this, I mean, just the the this is uh, if anyone's ever used Isidore, this is all based on one stage, isn't that right? To look, so this is all happening, you know, on one stage within uh, with the for Isidore, it's meant to be used in kind of scenes. Um, so this is a create on one scene that that does all of the work. So you know, what's kind of coming into this? If you want to give people a bit more information, yeah. So um, the Zoom ISO sends in who's in the meeting um, and whether they have their camera on and whether they have their, uh, um, um, what their Zoom name is, which is why we put Zoom names in and we give give them uh, a pin, which then is linked to all the information that's coming in from Mukana. And Mukana has those pins as well. And then we can combine... um, the that and when people raise their hands on um, in the show, we know how to build out the super source that is then outputting. So now Isadora, the Isadora patch is going to output OSC to MixEffect, who is built, which is built by Adam Tao, which is another one of our unsung or maybe sometimes sung heroes that we we really 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 appreciate. That it it then talks to the constellation switcher and builds those super sources or makes those cuts or do, does all that thing. So all this data from universe is coming in from Mukana, from Isadora, sorry, from Mukana, from Zoom ISO, and then little small little packets of control requests are going out to MixEffect. And then MixEffect is controlling the constellation. So, and then you can also have a control surface on the... Um, on Isadora, so so an EIC can actually just work on that directly. But what we what the goal is is to have all of these control buttons be in universe, so that people the world over can can do the various jobs needed to build to, to run the show. Yeah. So so Juan um, and Jonas and Talalok and uh, and uh, the, the Andy before them, you know. Using Sumo OSC, using then Sumiso, um, all all of that has to be tested. All of it has to be tested in an environment that is really similar to Office Hours, which is actually much harder than you would think. Um, so there's so many different hours that go into to running tests in the background, running tests in after hours, running tests in, uh, in 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 practice meetings, and then all of this is on a daily basis set up by JJ in in, in the back end, and then controlled by a huge list of TDs. Michael uh, Smith is one of our most regular TDs, and Andre and Kirsten uh, and and Alan Scott. Uh, 
uh, and then uh, Peter, who's just started training on Saturdays. It was a huge team. And then um, Dennis really early, uh, who's one of our, our other unsung heroes, Dennis, um, very early on, um, uh, was one who suggested we should we would need someone to actually manage the question system. So this is one of those, again, milestones in office hours where uh, in the back end, the question system used to be run by the host. And now there's an entire role where someone every single day is moving the questions, moving them in. And that, that role is going to evolve into, into new and interesting things over the next year. Uh, and uh, then we've, so we've got our engineer control. We've got our TD who's cutting the show. We've got our uh, question manager. We've now got pre-show coordinators who are in with the fantastic ones today with, uh, uh, with, with the team and Greg and, uh, and, and Brandon and everyone who's helping us come in and mic check before everyone goes onto the panel, moving people onto stage, all this kind of stuff that's happening in the background. Uh, and then, you know, there's just a huge amount of different people in different roles in different ways are all intersecting at the same time. Uh, the brilliant Chad, who, who's, who's been in our ears today and uh, on the panel, constantly updating us, who's been, again, one of those unsung heroes who's been there on a daily basis uh, with us to, 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 to experiment and to keep uh, keep everything running smoothly. And, of course, Mickey, uh, who's, who's always, in, as, as people mentioned at the beginning, who seems to be always there. We don't know how. We, there might be two of them. We, we literally have conversations like, when does Mickey actually asleep? Goes, Do you think Mickey's up? I, I think he is because he's always up. <laughs> like, we don't know. We just don't know. I just get, a, I get on, I get on after hours and I go, Mickey, Mickey, are you there? <laughs> and then he responds like, I'm here. <laughs> yes, I, yes. Jason. The only thing to me more impressive than the technical acumen is that it is the result of so many people working together who are only doing this because they love it, not because they're getting paid for it, but because it is truly a passion. People talk about passion, but this is, um, you know, what, what, what you're seeing is the sum total of what a whole bunch of people thought up and then, you know, have just managed to materialize. And it just blows my mind. Alex? Someone asks, they're like, you're doing this all the time. What are your other hobbies? I'm like, this is my hobby. <laughs> like, like this, is, this, is, this is what I do. Um, but, but the thing that I, what I think is really interesting when you talk about that pathway of all those different companies. So you have, you have Universe and then you have Isadora and then you have Mix Effect and then you have the Black Magic and then you have, you know, all the different things that are being tied together um, that, are, that are making this work. And it's not just our team working on it. It's all of those teams. So, you know, Isadora is, you know, the uh, Trickatronics is making things better. Universe is fixing things. Uh, Mix Effect Pro is, is, is um, you know, fixing things. And we push most of the software harder than almost anybody else does, at least in our area, in, in the area of broadcast and all these teams all the way up to, you know, Zoom and every, and, you know, and because all this is coming out of Zoom and we're getting you know new things and putting things together. And I don't know if we're creating those things, but we're definitely influencing them, you know, and we're pushing the envelope and we are preparing the world for a future that hasn't arrived yet. You know, and that is, Usually people are building stuff for something in the past, like, okay, I saw this and we need this thing. We know that digital events and digital first events are the future. Like this is the big game, you know, and this is, you know, and we're in this ground level of it. And I think that like Xerox Park, like, you know, Crystal, I think it was Crystal Dynamics or whatever, like all of these companies, a whole bunch of companies and a whole bunch of ideas and a whole bunch of production styles are all going to be you know, flowing out of office hours over the next couple of years because we're figuring something out that we know is coming, 
It's just that the world isn't, you know, and we're seeing it getting picked up here and there. Like people were really excited about hybrids after COVID ended. And now they're becoming, when I talk to people over and over again, they're becoming less excited about them. They're like, well, this is really hard. It doesn't really work. <laughs> you know, so so the, um, so the all of that stuff is is coming towards what we're working on. So we will have us, we're building this smooth solution that isn't, isn't needed every day yet, but we will within the next two years, you know, you're going to see a huge explosion and all this work that we've been doing together is going to benefit a lot of us. Richard? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know how many feature and bug requests we've sent in to Zoom, Universe, Mix Effect and uh, Isadora combined, but it's quite a lot. I think um, when we met the Universe guys at, at, at IBC and Elle has said this from, uh, from, uh, from Isadora, uh, um, that when they see the patches, that we've built for the show, they they you know they've never seen something so complex built into their system. I think Talalok and uh, didn't uh, did Adam say that we're pushing Mix Effect harder than anyone else in the world? So Hello. it's absolutely yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Just uh, the, the 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 sandbox again that we get to play with the community that's built up to to do that, uh, and it's been uh, such an exciting time. And Talalok. Yeah, I think there were um, uh, some really interesting moments where where I asked Adam, you know, for a, an extra feature regarding feedback, and and he was like, "Well, why do you need that?" And I said, uh, "Well, I mean, I can go into the details." And I started listing them out, and da da da. And he's like, "All right, let me let me work on it." <laughs> and, then it's, and then you know, over over time. It it turned into one thing and then it shifted into another thing and another thing and I just can't thank I can't thank those 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 business leaders that have helped that have gone on out on the edge to help us out and to 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 work with us on this and the other thing about it is that yeah you're right <laughs> he said no one is no one is doing this <laughs> no one else is doing this and then when I sent a, the patch in to Isadora to look at something uh, they were like uh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so this is intense um and and then but i do also want to say you know there are people who have come and gone out of the process and come back and you know that includes people like mike emmett who was who helped us with a style guide for um the graphics um and uh you know uh every there were a bunch of people Aaron Huslidge was helping us with graphics and then he got busy and, you know, and, and, you know, that's fine. It's great for you to come in and, and work on some stuff and then phase out and phase back in and please do and feel, don't, you know, feel, feel free to, and feel, you know, I think it's, it's really cool to come in and get something big out of it for yourself and put something back into the community and then shift back out and shift back in. So, um, we welcome, we welcome everybody, um, to, come take a look. And Richard, you wanted to wrap on this? Yeah, certainly. I think um, uh, to, to uh, it's it's impossible to mention everyone, but again, we've got our QM team, Laura uh, and uh, and Dave, who've, who've uh, Dave's who's also on the education side, who have been part of that role for for. for I think Laura's been part of that role from the beginning, and then has grown that role as part of uh, all the kind of the NAM and the Cinegear, and she's now running the QM teams for IBC and other shows and so forth. So it's just a, what's worth just mentioning is that this is all of a team of volunteers. There's a volunteer sign-up sheet that Josh and the team sent out every single day. You can join in and be part of that 
that team we're always wanting new community members to be involved and to, to get involved behind the scenes because you will start to see just how this whole sausage is made and uh, how tasty it is Thank you, thank you, thank you to our third hour panel for sharing the the past, the present, and where where office hours will be going, the technical side of things. And Mitchell, thank you for for coming in on the third hour and anchoring with me. How has how's it been for you as we close out? Well, it's been wonderful working with you, Liberty. Thank you so much for saying that. And uh, not everybody could be here, and that's a uh, that's just something you just have to be uh, be aware of. But here's the thing: watch this space because we're making history here every single day. And I'd like to jump into a time machine and see what happens after a thousand more episodes. It's going to be an amazing thing to see. Yeah, and it looks like the Kilo show, the the 2000 show, will be uh, September 14th, 2025. So mark your calendars. Meet us back here for the next thousand It's going to be episodes. global. We're going to have sets all over the place. We're gonna, now we're jumping to Amsterdam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. And Alex, I want to say thank you, too. And this is this these three hours and the party doesn't stop here because we're going to hop into after hours as we close out. But just Thank you. Because even preparing for today, I'm like, I message you. I'm like, Alex, any tips, you know, uh, today? He's like, just be yourself. <laughs> and I'm like, spoken like, spoken like Alex. And just the opportunity to serve the community and, and teaching and hosting and the labs. And just thank you so much. And for the people, uh, lots of the women behind the scenes as well. Those who are no longer here, but they're watching. I see you and thank you so much. And in the production team. And as we get ready to go to the meetups, because actually getting a chance to see everyone in person is always great as well. Again, producers, thank you for all your questions, your comments, our back-end team. Thank you, thank you, thank you for without which this would not be possible. And happy Kilo Day, happy 1,000 episodes, office hours, and here we go to the meetups. And I just want to thank everybody as well while we're doing that, while we're going to the meetups, just um, for our own plan. I just want to thank everybody for playing so hard. <laughs> you know, like it's just, uh, it's, 
everyone here is such a uh, inspiration to me uh, every single day. The, the teams that build that that I didn't expect the the th- people taking this on people picking up the slack every time there's every time there's a little bit of slack somebody's picking it up and making it happen and you know I you know I think that it's I I feel very fortunate that I that I started the fire but that was about it you know I I think that I just um I this is the you know one of the coolest things I've ever worked on you know and I and I just am am just uh uh just amazed that I have such an incredible community that I get to be connected to and um I'm just humbled by the quality of people that have come both in expertise and just the quality of who they are, you know, and, and I think that it's just, it makes it so much fun. And, and I just want to thank everyone, uh, for just contributing, being part of it and asking questions, answering questions, working on, working on projects. There's just so much, um, that everyone's working on every day. And I, I, I can't even describe it when I talk to people. Like I'm just like it's just this amazing online community, and and um, and I just uh, and I hold it very dear. It's why I'm here every day. Because I know, I know how important this is to me, and I know how important it is to a lot of other folks. And I know that we're just doing some pretty incredible things. And so, so just uh, you know, thank. I just want to thank everyone for this incredible effort that has made this worth it. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. That Thank that you. was that was pretty good. Hey, can we do it again? Can we do it again? Tomorrow, second twenty twenty four is, is we kilo should, point five. We should, we should do a show like this tomorrow. I mean, not like this, but we should tomorrow. do a show where we all get together and we'll answer questions and we'll uh, and we'll talk about things. That's um, impossible. That can't be done. Great idea. I think we can do it, and we won't. It'll just be just two hours. It's too expensive. Hour, it's about general questions. It's too expensive. Hour. I think. I think. I think we can. I think we should think about doing this um, daily. I think Brian's gonna bring his kazoo. Such a good idea. But bandwidth is so yeah, expensive. Idea. <laughs> bye bye. This wouldn't exist. <laughs> Thanks, Josh Kaufman. Oh. Thank you, Brian. Nice liberty. <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. Thank you.